0: Hello. 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 (laughs) This is funky. Why is that? Well, I have this new microphone. that sounds pretty clear. Well, that's good. I'm echoing in my ear.
1: Uh, You have a little bit of a tinny.
0: I'm faced away from the computer trying to find another piece, but I don't see it. So I'll just go with it. It's not bad.
2: There's something, but I can't quite put my finger on it, but that's partially from not recording a whole lot with y'all.
0: It's not quite an echo, but it's like talking in a cavern.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I can hear that. Hopefully. I mean, it's not
1: bad.
0: (laughs) Hopefully it won't be bad on the recording.
2: I don't think it's going to be a huge issue on the recording. No.
3: (laughs)
0: So, I have to tell you about my uh, text this morning. I, get I
1: was reading something <laughs> about
0: that. <laughs> so, I get up. Mom says, at midnight, there was this terrible commotion on your front porch. I looked out the window, and I couldn't see anything. And then about 5 a.m., there was this something on the roof going back and forth and maybe something in the wall and i said oh well at nine o'clock this morning i get a text that says there was a wood duck in the chimney and i was like oh that's why the dog was smelling the chimney last night so she opened the little chimney clean out door and she could hear things, but she couldn't see anything. She's got a flashlight. She's looking. And that made the duck come up because the duck saw the light. And she came out and flew into the glass doors and about knocked herself out. And then she flew into the spare bedroom where Ryan and Danielle slept, which was cool, except the cat was sleeping there. Oh. No. So the cat tried to chase her because she's fairly small. And Mom had to catch her and take her and release her out the front door. So, And then the uh, mate, was who was on the roof, who was pacing on the roof all night, flew off after her.
1: He's like, I'm here! He's like, good! Goodness. <laughs> what chapter are we starting on?
2: 36. Oh, goodness. I have not reread this.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Scott's going to be here in just a second. He's booting up the computer.
2: 36, he said? hmm Yeah. Thank you. No problem. So then,
0: Mom, because tonight apparently is all about me. uh,
2: Well, when isn't it?
0: (laughs) Really. So she she said, she went to the eye doctor. and They said she has this extra blood vessels in her eye or something like that. And she's got a degenerating disease and it could make her go blind. They want to get her in right away. So she makes an appointment for today. And I said, do you need me to drive you? I need to know if I need to take time off. No, 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 it's fine. Are you sure? I'm sure. Why don't you call and ask them? Okay. So she calls. They say, no, it's fine. So last night, we get a message, you know, one of those automated things. Uh, You need to have somebody to drive you because we're dilating your eyes and we're doing this and that. And you need to know what medicines you're on and all this stuff. So she thinks she's just going in for them to evaluate it because this is the specialist. Her appointment was a one. I hadn't heard from her at five. So I sent a text saying, what's going on? Are you okay to drive? Do I need to come out? And she says, I think so. I'm, I'm coming home now and I can just get right on the freeway and come home. No big deal. She gets home. They did the procedure. That's why she was there for four hours.
2: Oh and they God. didn't say anything beforehand that they were doing that, apparently not. this sounds my like God. Jen and the medication,
3: <laughs>
0: so she said that you know it was really great, and what they did was they just injected stuff into her eyeball.
1: <sighs> my, my dad had that- my dad gets that done, yeah. So it wasn't like did they operated
0: have, or anything.
1: But had to have someone take him home. Yeah, they should. <laughs> she should have had somebody take her home.
2: Oh, uh, wow. Are you done talking about eyes?
0: Yes, we are.
1: Oh, you, are you a little squeamish?
2: Yes, Sue's squeamish about teeth.
0: I am. I'm very squeamish about teeth.
2: But eyes and not
0: I know somebody whose son is trying contacts for the first time, and so he put them in at like 8.30 last night and got him stuck, and they yeah. ended up at the emergency room at midnight and didn't get home until 2 a.m. because he couldn't get the contacts out of his eyes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're a bad person, Sue. You're a very bad and evil person, and I don't know why no one believes me.
0: I don't know either. I I got a post on my Facebook page today. It says, Potterfick Weekly, Episode 123, The Milkman in the Parlor with the Candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> it says... About four years ago the awesome folks at Potter Fig Weekly decided to podcast about one of my little stories. Definitely a fun experience. Actually it was done more than four years ago, but four years ago when was when it was posted. Time flies. And then she posted links to the other four because it was a four episode Episode. episoded. I've been listening to um too much umbrage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my which, god it's the milkman
4: story which,
0: <laughs> it's the milk which man. pick
1: is
4: this?
0: <laughs> teddy lupin in the forest guard
4: oh, wow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, uh, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> trisha and
0: her milkman oh yeah
2: oh my word
0: Scott is trying to sign in, but Skype decided to update, so he hasn't quite made it.
2: Search and rescue. We need. We need search and rescue for Skype.
0: Search and rescue for Skype.
2: Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. We could. (laughs)
4: Hey.
5: You've got three now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We do have a funky uh, Sound quality tonight is gonna be fun, but it'll work.
2: How's it on my end?
0: I love Trisha giggling over the milk, man.
1: I'm <laughs> 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 sorry, I just brought a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, oh shit, me and my oversharing. <laughs> <laughs> you do like
0: to do that. <laughs> it's totally a Fred Flintstone. Well, actually, a Mrs. Fred Flintstone giggle going on here. And Wilma? Wilma. <laughs> I know what's going
2: in the intro. What? no, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Any and everything she can get her hands on because she's I devious don't. like that. Yep, that's me.
5: So, far, how far have you guys gotten yet? Is everything? Oh we well, totally forgot. Well, we
3: haven't even started. Somewhere? We're
2: waiting for you.
5: Just oh, okay. because
0: you said that you were coming, just as I said, let's start. So, <laughs> so we so, can start.
1: Well, I haven't got to tell, tell you my marathon story. Oh, Tricia went on a marathon. That's right. Ooh. <laughs> I think it was like two weeks ago. I did the Pittsburgh half. I didn't do the full one this time, and I was not trained for it at all. It was bad. But, I mean, I knew I could finish it, so I didn't really care. I was It was the slowest time I'd ever done, but I had the best time watching people. I get to mile 10, and this guy's screaming out, beer here, beer here. I'm like, <laughs> looked at him, I go, really? He goes, yeah, I'll take one. I had a beer.
3: <laughs> I'm just like, yay,
2: I'm drinking,
1: I'm walking, and I did a little, little, little little running, and I'm drinking some more. I couldn't finish the whole thing with a big beer. And so I tried to pass it on to other, my other fellow runners. Someone took it, I think, or I set it down. I can't remember. I was I was running a half marathon and drinking at the same time. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. It was it was fun. <laughs> it had a good taste in my mouth. It was like the one of the best tasting beers I ever had. had. I think it was called Land Shark. It's some Jimmy Buffett beer or something. It was good. So... <laughs> I'm going up through the one section of Pittsburgh. It's not supposed to be, not the really nicest section. And there was this big plumbing company. And this guy's screaming out. He goes, oh, God, I'm going to have to do something. I'm almost done with my bourbon. Looked at him. I go, if you're going to be shouting out you got bourbon, you might as well give it to me. He's like, you want it? I go, heck yeah. I go over here, take his cup, and I chug it. And on my bib, it, ha- it has my name on it. So they're going, shot, Trisha, Trisha.
3: Trisha.
1: <laughs> You're not really eating too much during the mar- half marathon. But I'm drinking the whole entire
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> drinking
5: marathon, wow.
0: Drinking oh, yeah, and was- running. This does yeah. not bode well. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Does it just accelerate the amount of time until you throw up? Or what happens <laughs>
4: I, was, I
1: I found that, I mean, beer is all carbohydrates, and I'm not sure what bourbon was, but I didn't
4: care at that point in time. <laughs>
3: wow. <Well. laughs> okay. All
4: right. Hold, well, hold the
5: they, thoughts they for a minute. I guess the Egyptian slave's beer to build the pyramids because, you know, liquid bread kind of thing. mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I'm going to unplug for just a second and try something. Hang on. <laughs> oh, oh, my word. That's a what? cool sound. What?
5: Are we on Star Trek now?
0: Apparently. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can
5: hear you
0: really well. You're a little bit
5: more muffled, but you're still audible.
0: I unplugged my microphone, although it hasn't helped much. All right. I'm going to redo this, so I'm unplugging again. Hang on.
3: Oh, my
5: God. Sorry. That is a really cool sound.
3: It is a really cool
0: sound. I was trying to plug in an adapter to try Mm. to make this work better. All right. Hang on.
1: Ah, it's all tangled.
2: This is what happens. Tangled.
1: webs we weave when we're trying to deceive. <laughs> I said that wrong, but I don't care.
0: This is what happens
1: when... You got the adjust of it.
2: When you try and okay. make things up on the go while you're recording. <laughs> <Well, laughs> I'm so glad no one can How's see this? me right now.
0: For that, I can't hear you guys now. Can you hear me? I can yeah. hear you. Huh? You're really far away. All right, I'm gonna switch these ports. Hang on.
4: <laughs>
0: what was that? Okay, that's better.
1: That was my imitation of that thing. Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: I didn't unplug that part this time, so it shouldn't have done that.
1: No, it, it didn't, didn't. But I was, I was, I was expecting it, so that's why I was like. <laughs> But okay. Yeah,
0: I'm this time on it the it old microphone. I just can't have my new microphone. It doesn't work.
4: Oh, that's Aww. sad.
0: Okay. We can start whenever you're ready. Unless somebody else has some great story.
2: Well, it's oh, I a... did yell at a lady too during the marathon.
0: You're not supposed to yell at people.
2: Oh, well, she, well she's when you're not... drinking.
1: Well, that was before I was drinking before I started yelling at people. So... <laughs> Um, I, pa- I, I passed mile marker nine, and so I'm, I did nine miles, so I'm going up to ten, and this lady's like, you're almost at nine! Go, go,
4: go, go. you're almost
1: at nine! I looked at her, I go, I fucking past mile marker nine, I'm going to ten, so I'm past nine, you idiot! <laughs>
4: <laughs> Aww.
1: You don't tell, okay, one thing you don't tell runners, even if you're, I don't care. Unless you are within the last mile of the race, you never tell the runner. You're almost there. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's just not funny. It's like, it's all downhill from here when you know you got two more hills. Yeah. People are just mean.
0: Yeah, that would drive me nuts, too. Yeah,
1: okay. Rant over.
2: (laughs) Okey-doke. All right. Um I told Sue this earlier, but I really now do live in Oklahoma. I have a license and I'm registered to vote here. Wow, scary. And I and I managed to survive all the tornado stuff that was happening nowhere near me, but I got to hear the tornado sirens for 4 hours.
0: Yeah. I have a yeah. acquaintance that is doing rescue it's more like cleanup stuff through some, I don't even know what it is, but she, she has traveled to the, where the tornadoes were and is working with an organization to help clean
4: up.
2: Oh, it's gotta be bad down there. Cause we were, I mean, as we were having the tornadoes, it was raining mm-hmm. and then we got more rain. I mean, I think this is the first time they've ever declared flood emergency here. Yeah. And then it kept, then it was raining again a couple of days ago and. We're scheduled for more rain, and I keep getting notifications about aerial flash flood warnings. Wow! Aerial, as in area with an L, the adjective form of the word. Mm -hmm. I had never known that was a word.
0: (laughs) See, you're learning things from the tornadoes.
2: Oh, I've learned. uh, They're teaching torn. They're teaching tornadoes.
0: Teaching tornadoes. Yes.
2: Teaching tornadoes. I'm so glad (laughs) you find this
0: funny, Tricia.
5: Next week on what? Teaching Tornadoes.
1: <laughs> See, you gotta have you gotta have humor because I mean I we get the tornadoes
2: here too, so I know it's scary as hell. Well, let's let's just put put it this way: this was my first time being alone during one of, them, even though oh, it was I nowhere have... near me. Oh yeah, it's scary. And that's only the second or third time I've been in Oklahoma while it, during tornado weather. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Eh, I'll find the humor in it, but it's well, I'm not going to be this month.
1: No, <laughs> it, it will never yeah. be. But no, I understand. Hey, I, uh, I've lived in not probably as bad as Oklahoma, but yeah, we get to renotice here in Pennsylvania too. So, they're, yeah, they're scary as hell.
2: I <laughs> 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 but I got to see a pretty neat rainbow that day, so... Well,
0: there, is there's, there, there's
2: your, there's your, there is your, there's your, uh, yeah. Silver lining? Rainbow. Yeah. I was, was going to say, say God's promise. <laughs> yeah, that too, but most people would just go with the silver lining.
4: Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I don't
5: really have any adventure stories this time. I mean, I've been doing work and all that sort of thing, and that's been fine. And not in any plays at the moment, so a little bit of extra time to catch up on Arrow and things like that. but
0: Oh my god, don't even start me on Arrow.
5: I just I haven't watched the, it. the finales yet. I've got two or maybe three episodes left to go.
1: I just started watching them I'm only on the first season. It gets amazing. I don't know, I'm still looking at the guy and going, hey.
2: of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> There's
5: a lot of that, too. He and then they throw John Barrowman in there. And yeah. with, well, maybe not I don't that. know
1: what he's doing, but I'm just like... <laughs> I'm like, I, I tilt my head in different ways and I'm like can I see something else can oh, I see more oh, Damn! Like, I t- wish this thing was 3D
2: drool towel on Isle Pennsylvania drool towel on Isle Pennsylvania oh yeah I
0: probably flooded it <laughs> Melinda totally posted oh, sure. a thing about Charlie and a towel the other day and was like where did this come from I'm like Potterfake weekly <laughs> <laughs> So. Which thick
2: did that come off of after the end?
5: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> it, <came from. laughs> it keeps reminding me of Veggie Tales too. <laughs> the beach was somewhat shocked at the sight of Larry Nutell. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.
1: Wow. I t- you almost have ruined Charlie Nutell for me there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even know what's the going- I just. Oh, my word. I will
5: find it for you, Scarlet. You can experience the the interestingness that is, where is my hairbrush?
2: Oh, no, 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 I have heard about that song. I have friends who are obsessed with VeggieTales. Keep in mind, I went to a Christian college, VeggieTales. It's a bit of a big deal for as part of a lot of my classmates' childhood. And one of my friends who happens to have one of the really popular names on, but what? she gets loopy when she's tired. And I saw her tired several times, and she definitely sang the Where Is My Hairbrush song.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bitchetail songs are very good for sparking song in head syndrome. No.
0: Oh, dear. I can tell I'm going to be looking for clips. A curtain opens as Larry, having just finished his morning bath, is searching for his hairbrush. Having no success, Larry cries out, Oh,
6: where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, 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 where is my hairbrush?
0: Having heard his cry, Park enters
2: the scene, shocked and slightly embarrassed at the sight of Larry in a towel. I'll help you. Again. Perhaps we
5: better not, just to spare the uh, audience who you know.
2: No, no, it's in my head again. I want to make other people enjoy it. Um,
1: that's alright. I was today. I was waiting for um, work to end. Oh, I got a new job.
0: Yay! That's right. You did. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I went on for another interview, so I might have another one. <laughs>
0: You're going to get a reputation. They're not going to want to hire you if you keep
1: switching. Well, telling the truth, it's the one I always wanted. Oh. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that I get this one. Because it, it is something I've always wanted to do. So I'm like, please, let me get this one.
3: That's Because
1: cute. the job that I have now is just to get out of my other job. Because I needed to get out of there. Right. It was not a very healthy place to be for me.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm glad and that you're out.
1: Oh, yeah. But, um, huh, where was I going? I forgot. Oh, I was waiting for my job to end, and I, and I'm like, how can I make this go a little bit faster? So I started singing the song that never ends. No,
4: that'll oh, do and it. And
1: that helped? Yeah, it did.
5: Did that make it go longer?
1: <laughs> no, it just, because I kept on singing it and hoping, like, okay, if I did this verse a couple times, this will be, like, three minutes. Okay, all right, I'll just do this. And then I'm, like, trying to make it go slow, and trying to do it slower. <laughs> Instead of sitting (laughs) there watching the clock.
5: That's true, I suppose. Gives you something to do. Right. How long did it stay in your head afterwards?
1: Not very long, because I'm like, ah, right, look, I'm getting the heck out of here, and I went to see a uh, new—I went to see an apartment and stuff. So thinking about moving.
0: Oh man, you're making lots of changes.
1: Yeah. I see. I don't do anything halfway. (laughs) You should know me by now. That's true. (laughs) When I do something, I do full speed ahead.
0: This from the lady that runs marathons and drinks beer and and
1: bourbon. Other,
0: and bourbon. Yeah, that's it.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the long weekend, which is this weekend for us. I think it's next weekend
4: for you yeah, guys. Yeah, it's
0: next weekend yeah, for us. Yeah. I have five children days
1: left. Ooh. Oh, then you're off for the summer, huh?
0: Yep. I have two weeks wow. of work, but only five days left with children.
2: Oh, It'd be fun. Oh no, we woke up my internal jukebox because oh, now fair. all I have is Sue singing "Little Girls" from Annie. Me <laughs> singing that? Yes, you singing that. I don't. Not s- like not you necessarily singing, but just the idea of it.
0: Oh, great!
2: And on that
4: note. <laughs> Some fun. awesome fun.
1: That's
5: us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft.
1: <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How much over 11?
5: If I start snoring, let me know. Right. Never mind. Or I'm, not, head going head. I'm uh, not
1: going right. there. I'm not going
3: there.
0: We're
5: just having adventures.
0: Yep. We're uh-huh.
4: adventures.
3: Adventures
5: are good. Stay
4: with us. Evil. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I
4: oh, I snorted so
1: much yesterday it was unreal. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Same, same time, same Snape channel.
0: It's all snake time. Wow. Wow. Well,
1: well, well. uh, please. Uh,
5: uh, so good.
1: Uh, <laughs> I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Holy, Holy shit.
4: shit. It's so yes, guys.
5: They're you there to talk about the sector They're going to worry about homework Aww.
4: later. Cute. <laughs> I swear, yeah.
6: I read them for the stories.
5: <laughs> Sex and snore gags. Awkward.
4: I'm stupid so good nightmares.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. A heart of faith we plead. Where the story never ends. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome to Potter Weekly. The f- parents the show where
5: everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's oh, it.
0: The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. And I'm still trying okay. to think of how
3: you got Sue singing
1: little girls.
0: I'm not singing. I don't even know that song.
2: <laughs> I'm Sue. <laughs> Just her glee about about the fact that she's going to be rid of the kids. Not that she doesn't like them, but just it it connects in my like head. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> you
1: lucky, people like are bad. This is
0: what happens when we podcast on Fridays because Trisha can stay up late.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm still thinking about getting a beer.
0: Oh, dear. oh, you can have a beer if you want, but say I'm Trisha first so
4: we can I'm get Trisha. going.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm Scott.
0: <laughs> and giggles over there is
5: scarlet yes
2: we, what did you just scarlet.
5: say she's off in the corner <laughs>
2: What? no we are not putting me back in the corner i have been put in the corner for too many podcasts i am not in the corner hi i'm scarlet baby is not, you can't put baby in the corner <laughs> yeah i know don't no put
5: in the corner. Go put the Ravenclaw in the corner. No. Never. No. That would be
1: bad. Unless she annoys the crap out of you, then she can put Trisha!
0: Her- <laughs> Go get your beer, Tricia, while I introduce this story. We're on the last leg of the accidental animagus by White Squirrel. This oh, shit.
5: We're having a lot of fun, as you can tell.
0: Yes, we are. Can
4: you
0: I can't even hear them. All I hear is <laughs> giggles.
4: Go ahead, Trisha. Yeah, go ahead. I haven't even started drinking yet.
0: <laughs> I know, you I'm a little be. worried about you drinking I already, giggles. We'll call them both <laughs> at giggles.
2: Least, at least I won't be. Okay. I should try it sometimes. <laughs> If I ever figure out what I like, then yeah. But otherwise, oh, then
1: you 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 need to just keep on trying different things.
2: Oh, oh, are you going to sponsor? Are you going to financially sponsor my education in this? Because otherwise, it's going to be very slow.
5: (laughs)
4: Yeah. Uh,
2: I
5: always feel like I, I need to get a group of people who know about various different kinds of drinks. And then, like, take half shots of things that you don't normally drink as shots, just to <laughs> figure out what tastes anything remotely good.
4: Well, oh, that's all you do.
1: I mean, they, there are like, like, um, like some of the micro brewery, not micro breweries, but some, um, oh,
3: <laughs> Sorry sometimes not.
1: they have like twenty different beers and stuff like that. And you know, and some, you can get like different—you can get a big sample of it, and you can get like twenty of them, and they're like, like, not even shots. So you can at least have a taste of it. Mm. Or you can go to a winery and just do that. I mean, you can have a good old time. You're supposed to spit it all out, but I think that's kind of dumb. Yeah. a couple point of I
5: don't like most bones. wines because every... Well, alcohol in general is often too bitter for me. I like sweeter things. Mm-hmm.
3: Like the only wine
5: that I've had that I liked was a rated a 9 on their scale of 0 to 10. So, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: You'll be happy to know. That Alex, who I locked in the main house when I left, has just arrived. Well, Hi, hello. Alex. He totally so knows is, when I'm podcasting.
5: Uh, any, um, strange scraping noises in the middle of the podcast will know what it is.
0: <laughs> yes, because he's a little toad. So, all right, are, are we going to start the fic or are we just okay, going to giggle so our way through?
5: Yes, we don't have little kittens. What's wrong with giggling? We have little kittens. Uh, we have although kittens? I guess he's not quite so little anymore. Which kitten? Who? What? Harry, he's a kitten.
0: Oh, that's true. Oh, Harry is yeah. a kitten. I'm sorry, <laughs> Alex is wrapped in my headphone cord, and he's pulling my head down, so I can't hear you.
3: Okay. So we're starting
5: Hello. with Chapter 36, and we're going through to the end of the fic or to the end of the first year in yes. the fic. future. He- what uh,
4: chapter is Quisted that, please?
5: White Squirrel doesn't um, uh, divide them up, so he's like kept going, and there's 82 of them now, but mm-hmm. we're ending at chapter 41.
2: 41.
5: Uh, and by well, the time like you the listen to this, there might ends. be 85 of them. Who knows?
2: <laughs> the story that never ends, Trisha? Does yeah. it go on and on, my friend? <laughs> yes!
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, we are the place we're where like the story the, never ends, so...
1: It's <laughs> never-ending
5: story. I guess it's appropriate. <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. So we're having a Quidditch match against Hufflepuff. Ooh, I have to say this because, you know, we haven't wasted enough time. Last Saturday, (laughs) I went to Harry and the Potters, and our uh, feather, feather, I haven't even drank. Our fellow Uh Hufflepuff, Just Jane, sent me a text and said, let me know when the opening act goes on. And I'm going to try to get there. I'm going to be at a Quidditch tournament. So I texted her and said, they're on. And then a little while later, I said, Harry and the Potters are starting. She wrote back and said, I'm on my way. So she got there about halfway through the set and came in and we sat together. It turns out she was at a three-game Quidditch tournament in a town an hour and a half away.
1: Oh, my God. And she was
0: still playing the last game when I sent her the message that said the first act was going on. So it took her about an hour. They sang for about a half an hour, and then there was a half an hour break, and she missed about a half an hour of the main show. But I was impressed that she made it that fast. And she must have been hauling.
1: Wow. wow! And parked and walked in. And, wow, that's impressive. I oh, I got to see Potted Potter.
0: Yes, I get to see that in June.
1: It was actually, it was, it was actually really, really funny. Good. And I took, I took my girlfriend, and they were, uh, there was, there was kids there. I mean, there was nothing really. Well, there was a little risque stuff, but nothing, nothing horrid. Like they, most likely, the kids wouldn't understand it. But um, I wore a dress my girlfriend got me a long a a while ago I never worn it because she wanted me to wear it at work but I couldn't do it because it was the Marauders map oh fun and so I (laughs) so I I wore that and everyone was like I love Marauders and I'm like I come from bottom and I'm like no it was it was his it was hysterical. The best thing is, is that they just they crack each other up mm-hmm. the whole entire time. I mean, it's kind of like they have it scripted, but then there's times. Uh, at one point, he threw water up on him, and he's just like <coughs> he starts joking. He goes, "That was a little bit more water than you did last night,"
0: <laughs> <laughs> which was exactly what he said when I went to see it all those months later. Hmm, I think they might have been more scripted than they let on, but it was so much fun.
5: <laughs> so is this like the um complete we works did- of Shakespeare abridged, that kind of thing?
0: It's two guys yeah, they- that do the yeah. entire book series in seventy minutes and includes supposedly a live Quidditch game. So it's yes, the
2: Quidditch game.
0: It's is the Cliff Note funny. version, but humorously. humorously. Yep.
2: Sounds like the
4: yeah, so Shakespeare pretty Company. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and they do it the whole. There's no
1: intermission either, so well, they're up there the whole entire time. I mean, I mean, they have to be tired.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, and they play all they the different characters and stuff.
1: It's not all the characters because there's over 300 and some characters in, in the whole Harry Potter series. But well, I mean, yeah. they played the most. They played most of them, and, and the guy um, when he plays Sirius, it's the it's the best because he's like he wears his hat. It's like an Elmer Fudd hat, but it's leather, and he's like, "Yo, I'm serious!" And I'm just like, (laughs) "Wow." Well, there was what I think there was one thing, and we were pretty up close to the stage, and and he said, "Someone said something." I I can't remember, but they're oh, because they they lifted someone up in the air, and he he's like. I'm like, let him drop! And was like, wow, you guys are
2: bloodthirsty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I think I was on the, I was, I had a glass of wine beforehand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: beginning no to
2: sense it. <laughs>
1: and I didn't eat, so, okay, I was a little,
2: I was a little bad. I'm <laughs> hearing a theme here. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs>
0: But the the Hufflepuffs are playing Quidditch.
2: Do you think they drink?
0: Probably not. Well, they are in the dungeons next to the kitchen. Maybe they can get their hands on more Butterbeer than the rest of the crew.
2: Well, unless
1: Winky's there, man, and then Winky got it all.
0: Yeah, that's true. So the Quidditch match against Hufflepuff is... Fast approaching, the Gryffindors are getting nervous. Even Hermione, who's not a sports fan, is getting worried about this because Professor Snape is going to be refereeing. And Harry decides to take the bull by the horns and goes and says, Professor, can I ask you something? Snape says, you may ask. Why are you refereeing? I think we
1: need to do that. Scott needs to to do that that part. All right,
0: all right, fine.
5: Okay. I gotta
1: yes. say, this Harry's a little... This little Harry has
4: it fall. Sorry to say that.
5: hmm Yeah, he's, uh, he's better at, you know, actually approaching people and asking things as opposed to just going and doing it. hmm yeah. mm-hmm. But yes, um, he wants to know if he could ask something, and Professor Snape looks at him condescendingly and says, you may ask, <laughs> which means I don't guarantee that I'll answer you, but you can ask your question.
0: That's <laughs> exactly.
1: doesn't mean I'm going to answer
0: And so he asks, why are you refereeing? And Snape says,
5: is there a problem with my refereeing the match, Mr. Potter?
0: and harry says well sir it's just that many of us in gryffindor are concerned that it's a conflict of interest
5: yeah and snape's actually a little impressed because he wouldn't have expected harry to be that polite about it mm-hmm. uh, but um he's tries to sort of find out what he's thinking and um he's just he doesn't harry doesn't want to say anything too blatant to snape about feeling like he's going to be unfair,
4: mm-hmm.
5: but uh, he, Snape does kind of weasel out of them that they feel he's not going to be impartial.
0: Which he's not.
5: And okay. Hermione bursts out and says, but um, if you're worried about protecting us, because that's the reason Snape gives, in just in case his broom malfunctions, somebody should be watching over the game. And mm-hmm. Hermione says, but wouldn't Professor Quirrell be a better choice for that? And Harry's like, no.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, he would
2: not. I like Snape for this. Let's let him do it. Thanks. And it's just, he's going, oh, so this was more of her idea. Mm -hmm. And it realizes that hmm, maybe Harry's instincts aren't too bad.
0: Right. Yeah. Because he knows that Harry doesn't trust Quirrell. And he oh gives God. Gryffindor a point for I cannot Vigilance.
1: There's this
2: echo in my head for vigilance.
1: Are you hearing the
2: song that never ends? Yes. Sue's hearing voices. Sue's hearing voices.
0: And the voices you in my head you don't told like
4: us? you.
2: Are the voices in your head telling you to do bad things?
4: Maybe. Am I in the voices? <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> so Hermione doesn't speak to
0: to Harry. Almost said Snape. Hermione doesn't speak to Harry for the rest of the day because he doesn't want to talk to Dumbledore about Snape and Quirrell.
5: Mm-hmm. And Snape says to him, "Well, I'm the headmaster's the one who asked me to do this. So if you want Quirrell to do it, you should ask him." And Harry's like, "I'll bring that up with the team," but he doesn't.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Just, he really doesn't want to switch to Quirrell.
4: Um, yeah. So,
5: and the Grangers are also not impressed with Snape, but that's mostly because he's a bad teacher. They don't mm-hmm. think he's going to do anything wrong as far as the refereeing goes. Um, so.
1: I, I mean, this this is, this portrayal Snape, I like and I don't like because I never think Snape would be someone who just teaches out of a book, anyhow. Only because I don't know when this is written, but I mean, because knowing about what if, um what is it, half-blood Prince, and how he disagreed with the textbook, mm-hmm. I don't think Snape would ever be a teach-out-of-the-book kind of teacher to begin with.
2: This is written post-canon. Yeah. It was started okay. in 2013.
1: Okay. Well, I just I think that, yeah, this is something I kind of disagree with. But that's just me. But, hey, this is what the plot says, so we're going to
4: deal with it.
0: Okay. So Hermione's been practicing a wandless leg locker curse so she can do it to Snape if he gets out of hand. And she's with Ron and Neville in the stands. And of course, here comes Malfoy who knocks Ron in the head. Oh sorry, Weasley, I didn't see you there.
5: And <laughs> Of course he didn't. No. Yeah.
4: He just has
0: climbing right it at here. All. Yeah. And he's got things to say like, I thought your brother was rich. How come he didn't get a broom that actually works? And things like that. And Mm -hmm. Snape's, of course, being very partial to the other team against the Gryffindors. (laughs) Malfoy's like, this is a stroke of genius for Professor Snape to referee. You guys aren't going to win anything.
5: Mm -hmm. And Ron starts up, Harry Potter is our king.
0: Mm -hmm. And Harry waves to the field. Mm -hmm. And... Katie Bell scores on Hufflepuff, and Snape gives her a penalty shot for no reason, or a penalty against her for no reason.
2: And then Malfoy Malfoy opens his mouth again, and it's Mm -hmm. like, Gryffindors just feel sorry for their people. I mean, you've got the Weasleys, no money. Potter, who's nuts. Hey, Longbottom, why don't you try out? Squids can fly brooms, right?
0: And Neville (laughs) belts him.
3: Yay,
2: Uh, Neville! (laughs) Well, first... Malfoy makes a smart remark about the shotgun that Quirrell had, mm-hmm. so Hermione slaps him first and hits him with a stinging jinx at the same time.
4: Yes,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and, then and then
5: he's about—he's about to call her a mudblood in response, and Neville interrupts him by uh, giving him a karate job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of hurts himself in the process.
0: Yeah, and and he gets you know kind of. Attacked by the the two Crabbe and Goyle and held down and stuff like that, but he, he kind of holds his own and
5: and you just got
0: to
4: cheer all for him. They're distracted
5: by the game because Harry is apparently diving straight at Snape because mm-hmm. the Snitch is behind his head, basically. Of course. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: and- I love this. A look of utter horror appeared on Severus Snape's face as he looked up and saw the image of his arch nemesis zooming out of the sky directly at him. But he didn't have time to call anything before the boy shot past him, missing him by inches.
5: And he's caught the snitch in under five minutes. That's got to be a record. Mm-hmm. Lee Jordan, at least, has never seen anything like it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and And I- that is a record at Hogwarts. And it's a great thing,
0: because that didn't give Snape a chance to really, you know, go Snape against but
4: them. the screws against them. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, they got a couple of extra penalty shots, but that was it. So.
0: And then, Ron's got a bloody nose, and Neville's Neville got has a, black a black eye.
5: eye. Yeah. yeah. And Draco's... At least starting to think a little bit. He's going, "Hmm, hadn't been his best move. Apparently, muggle boards really were that sensitive about guns. And Granger has quite an arm on her. (laughs) Still, maybe he can paint them both as dangerous
4: lunatics.
0: (laughs) But so Harry's right to to father, taking a shower and is leaving the locker room, and he's going to put his broom away. And he sees Quirrell come out of the castle and head towards the Forbidden Forest. So Harry does what Harry does and follows him.
5: Yeah. But this Harry, because of his cat form, manages to hear a few extra words that Canon Harry did not hear of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Most of it is taken from um, the Canon meeting. Uh, you know, Quirrell going, I don't know why you wanted to meet me here. And they're talking about the Philosopher's Stone. And, and.
2: Fluffy. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. But, uh, he hears Quirrell mention that there's multiple traps. Yeah. And that.
0: Why should we be enemies? We both want the same thing. Right. <laughs> Snape's like, well, tell me what you want the stone for.
5: Yeah. And he mentions that it's a mere troll that, uh, Quirrell has used.
4: Mm-hmm. And. And
5: we hear that Dumbledore has approved all the protections. Mm-hmm. So Harry gets back to the tower. And he decides he's got to tell Hermione and Sirius and Remus.
1: I just can't get over this Harry. He just he he, he tells adults. So I'm just like shocked. It mm-hmm. could be. I mean, it could be this time around since he does have, since he's he had a true proper mother and father. I mean, he he now trusts adults. Where in Canon Harry, he doesn't. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, his tendency of being with adults is yeah, you don't trust
5: them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Canon Harry hadn't had any adults who could do anything for him for 11 years, whereas this Harry has at least. Um, six extra years with mm-hmm. people who actually did care about him, so.
1: Exactly. He had more guidance. hmm Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't even trust the teachers when he was going to elementary school or primary school or whatever it's called over there.
2: Well, why would he? I mean, Dudley beat up on him, probably stole his lunch. I mean.
4: Oh, yeah, exactly. And
2: and, I mean, te- in those kinds of situations, teachers can only do things about what they see. And mm-hmm. if the other kids, the bullies, make a good enough case, I mean, mm-hmm. you can scare people into not talking. And mm-hmm. when it's happening both at home and at school.
3: Yeah.
0: he should. It should have been reported.
5: Yeah. That's one of the things that Dudley seems to have been smartest about is not getting caught at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's actually a fairly... A cunning fellow is Dudley. Anyway.
2: <laughs> That's an odd thought.
0: So, uh, Neville goes odd. up...
1: Go ahead.
2: Not odd as in, like, totally out there, but odd as in thinking of it that way.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. Everybody, I mean, we've always pictured Dudley as a, as a better lack of term, a, a dumbass, but he, he's not. Yeah.
4: I mean, mm-hmm.
5: he
1: learned how to get away with things.
5: And I've seen fix where you know Dudley's actually a good guy and that comes up too it's it's not that Dudley is utterly stupid it's just that he's dumb compared to Harry and we get yeah. everything from Harry's point of view and also Harry doesn't like him in canon so he insults him probably more than he actually deserves in some ways um like we get the you know descriptions of him as a, a pig in a blonde wig and uh, things like that that right. um, and because we know how he treats Harry, we're not disposed to think kindly of him. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's actually... Um...
2: That it's all reliable narration.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's skewed. I mean, it's... Of course. Yeah. Sorry, your bit where you mentioned that Dudley's not smart in comparison to Harry made me think he of might... the whole Lily Petunia thing.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's not... Yeah, it's not... It's not saying per smart it could be just like it's it's book smarts it's
2: social I mean, smarts yeah it's a different It just the phrasing reminded me of it mm-hmm. it
4: was mm-hmm. just interesting
5: yeah. you get the impression that dudley is good at um Getting to, pe- getting people to believe what he wants them to, although of course his parents are biased in that direction anyway. And he also seems to be good at gathering people around him. He's something of a leader and that may be just because he's the biggest kid in the gang, but there might be other reasons for it as well. And we know that. Harry was at least slightly better than him at some of the stuff in elementary school because we hear about him not not being allowed to score better than Dudley on tests and having to pull back on that, and then that's why Harry doesn't really do all that great at the academic side of Hogwarts because he's not used to applying to any of those kinds of things. But
0: yeah, that's true.
5: He's anyway. We've sort of gone off track here. I think but but we're still it's kind, on kind Harry of an Water, interesting so... digression. <laughs>
1: That's a, that's a first for us. We might got off track, but we're still on Harry Potter.
5: Well, there you go. It's good to be on. That's Harry an
1: improvement. By. Yeah.
5: We're we're only slightly off course, not way off course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there too.
5: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we will.
2: You mean we haven't already well, We've been there? we have
0: started off on core off course, but we'll. I'm sure we'll okay. get there. Again. Anyhow. So they he takes Neville and Hermione up to his room and to call on. Sirius and let him know what happened. And Neville's like, is that a two-way mirror? Those are really rare. And the first thing that Sirius and Remus want to know is how the Quidditch match went. And they celebrate Harry breaking the record and everything. And he says, well, I just want you to know I flew into the Forbidden Forest after quarreled and listened to him.
2: <laughs> and Sirius is just like, you flew into the Forbidden Forest in broad daylight and didn't get caught? Excellent.
4: <laughs> this is Way too role
2: model. Way too role model.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think your friends already know who I am. The serious jokes are yeah. hot and heavy in this fic.
5: They are in any fic in which serious features prominently because they're a thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's too much fun not to. <laughs>
5: So he tells them about this conversation, and he says, well, this proves that Quirrell's trying to steal the Philosopher's Stone and Snape's trying to stop him. And Sirius says, well, it could be that Snape's trying to get Quirrell to let him in on it. And, and Hermione, Hermione suggests just, maybe Quirrell's innocent and Snape just thinks he's after the stone. Or-
3: mm mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
2: And Remus w- would put money on the defense professor being up to something because come on it's the defense professor there's always <laughs> something wrong with them.
5: <laughs> yeah. Which is and slightly is, amusing because he, he, he hasn't be end been end a defense professor one. yet in this universe.
0: <laughs> well, and they want him to tell somebody but he doesn't want to tell McGonagall cuz she'll skin him alive. So Hermione says, "How about we tell Hagrid?" And Hagrid can tell Dumbledore.
4: And
5: he
0: says, okay, mm-hmm. but after but the party... But first, Ron has
5: to go back to the party and get more food.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Ron's hungry.
5: Yeah. So they go down to Hagrid's and they say, oh, by the way, uh, we have found out that the Philosopher's Stone's in that corridor. And he's like, ah, oh, well, don't tell anybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but Hagrid, there's a problem. What's that? We think one of the teachers is
4: trying to steal it.
0: <laughs> Poppycock!
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Snape or Quirrell? Maybe both.
5: Yeah. And here he goes, well, you know, Quirrell is the defense professor. Yeah, but we've known him for years. Why would he have a, where would you get an idea like that? Um, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> or he says he'd rather not say, but there are reasons, and tell Dumbledore to watch out for them.
0: Yeah, but nobody will get past Fluffy, so it's not a problem.
5: hmm and Neville gets him to list the teachers who are part of protecting the stone. Yeah. And, the- and then Hermione reminds him about the whole locked door thing. Did anyone ever put a stronger locking charm on the door? Um, no, not really. Hmm.
2: <laughs> that was stupid.
5: Yeah. So
2: Who wants to bet that Hagrid's gonna forget to tell Dumbledore about this conversation?
0: Oh, yeah, no problem.
2: Sorry, I don't mean to bash on Hagrid, because I really do like Hagrid. It's just
4: uh,
5: mm-hmm. yeah, well, this isn't a priority for him. He thinks they're being paranoid. so
2: That,
0: too. Yeah. And meanwhile, Neville is uh still practicing the karate. Or rather, Harry and Hermione are doing karate, and Neville's mimicking them. And they don't really say anything yes. about it.
5: He's improved a little bit, at least. Mm-hmm. They haven't really tried to teach him exactly. But they want to know... Why is it that he keeps coming? And he figures, mm, well, maybe it would help him, you know, become an orer or do better in classes and such. Um, which is what his grand would really like for him. Mm -hmm. So he's hoping that maybe he can get into shape a little bit. And,
2: but it'll take a bit more discipline by having a standard routine, maybe three days a week. And Hermione gives him a bit of a confidence boost by reminding him that he's. Pretty good in charms. Okay, maybe only about average, but average is good in comparison, and he's really serious competition for them in herbology.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: So they say, you know, you can't learn this just by copying us. It takes, it's like getting an owl.
5: Yeah, and but, we aren't really qualified to teach you this stuff, but maybe we can do some sort of exercise routine instead, and you can do that with us, and then that'll
4: that'll help out. Yeah, so. and
0: they decide that they're going to spend the summers with Sensei John and keep up on their practice, their karate practice, even though they're not using it as much, because they don't want to lose that skill.
4: Yeah,
5: and then we have a letter from Mom and Dad, the Grangers. hmm um, and they would rather have them go to Professor Dumbledore or Professor McGonagall or someone and tell them everything, even if they do get in trouble for it. And they also have a plan about maybe getting some better teaching out of Professor Snape or getting him out of there completely, and they want to do an open letter to the Board of Governors about how much he's causing problems.
4: Yeah.
2: And Sirius suggests that maybe they use the quibbler because they're not sure if the prophet would print it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the Quibbler's not exactly mainstream, Remus snorts, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> and Harry's mm-hmm. going like, okay, we could go with it. Snape won't like it, but it'll be anonymous. What's the worst that could happen? Don't it answer yourself. that. Yeah.
5: You should know better than to ask that question.
2: Oh, you're so cute, Harry.
5: <laughs> then we're on into Chapter 37, and um, this... Disclaimer is, I think, a Star Trek reference. It says, Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling at Tanagra, which doesn't actually mean anything as far as disclaimer goes, but, you know.
2: Tanagra, Tanagra. Yes, that is Star Trek. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So Harry doesn't go to McGonagall about Quill and Snape, even though Hermione nags him to. He says he thinks about it, but he's really uneasy, so he doesn't do it. And he, she's starting to get real insane about studying. And he finally takes her hands and says, you need to relax. You're going to ace your exams and I'm going to do okay on them. And we'll revise this reasonable amount, but we are not going to go crazy with this.
5: Mm-hmm. And she's like, but, but. Says, as your little brother, it's my duty to make sure you lighten up once in a while. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, as your big sister, it's my duty to make sure you don't skype off all the time.
0: Yeah. And they glare at each other, and then they both giggle.
5: Yeah. So she's going to at least trim back the study schedules, and he suggests taking them outside for the moment so that would be a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first she has to return her book to the library.
2: Well, actually, it's Harry's. Wait, no, oh, no, that is is hers. Sorry, I just with the sentence with Harry at the beginning of the dialogue it confused.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So they drop off the library book and pick up Ron and Neville on their way outside. Yeah, and then Neville's they find
5: Hagrid Ron with this herbology.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And yes, they run into Hagrid who's been hanging out in the dragon section. I wonder why that might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't imagine.
4: Dun
2: Dia.
0: He wouldn't really keep a dragon in his wooden house,
2: would he? No. No. Uh, Charlie well... says they can barely contain him. Mm-hmm.
5: mm-hmm. So they... <laughs> so they wander down to see him, mm-hmm. and there's a big fire in the fireplace, and oh, look, isn't that a dragon egg?
4: <laughs> oh, dear.
0: <laughs> I want it! Last night having drinks at the
2: pub!
4: Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Did and you, once again... Yes.
2: It's illegal, and you live in a wooden house. <laughs>
5: oh, no problem. I can handle it, he says. Yeah.
0: But Harry's, you know, his mind's reeling because he's got everything clicked into place. And mm-hmm. he wants to run straight to the castle, but he he can't. Because so, he doesn't want Hagrid to think he's telling about the dragon egg.
5: Because Hagrid said, You know, I can handle anything, you just have to know what to do with whatever mm-hmm. kind of animal it is. Like Fluffy, just playing music. And he's going, I bet he told the guy last night that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Harry wants to go talk to McGonagall. And, yeah. you know, he's like, I thought we were going to try to convince Hagrid. It's not about the dragon, it's about the philosopher's stone. And so he races into McGonagall's office. And. He says, Professor, a long time ago, you told me to tell you if Professor Dumbledore was messing with me. And I think your exact words were, and he let out a string of yowls that made both Hermione and McGonagall wince. You tell me if Old Wizard causes trouble. Well,
4: I think he's causing trouble.
0: Set up. Mm -hmm. And so they sit down and kind of tell her the story. And Harry says, I think I'm being set up to try to find something or learn something. He's trying to manipulate me into something.
2: This is where I have problems with the story.
1: Okay. I mean, even Hermione, who is probably the most intelligent girl of her year or age or whatever it is. I mean, I I just have a problem with an 11-year-old seeing that he's being manipulated. I don't know why. I, I feel like it's just too over him at this age. This is just where sometimes I've had a problem. I, I have a problem with the story every once in a while. I understand. I mean, I know where the author's going with it. I'm going, I'm just going to deal with it and move on. But it's just always, it's just when I read it, I'm like, he's just too damn young to get these concepts sometimes. And sometimes it kind of reminds me of very much of a Jane Austen kind of thing of how the pure, the purity and, and how you're supposed to, your manners and stuff like that when you meet someone noble and all that other stuff. It reminds me of that a lot, too. And usually when, if you see, like, the, ki- the women, when they come out, they're about 13 to 14 to 15. I can see that being them understanding that concept. But being 11, no.
5: Mm-hmm. I think one of the things with fic is that we are all sort of coming at it from the outside. and. Um, right. For, for me personally, and probably a lot of other people, though, I'm sure, I'm sure there are some authors who have interacted with kids this age and know how they think and what they would say and stuff, but a lot of people really don't know, don't remember what it's like to be 11. So we're sort of imposing on these characters the things that we understand from having read the books.
4: Yeah. I and mean, in
1: some, in some aspects of it too, I'm thinking Charlie Brown. Because okay, so if you watch <laughs> any Charlie Brown things, these kids are so young and but they're talking like so much like an adult too. Mm-hmm. It, right. it Calvin and Hobbes. Me, yeah. Well sometimes Calvin Hobbes don't sound like an adult, they just look like they're having a damn good time making snowmen that are don't want to eat meatloaf and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but they don't well, exactly well, look, they have the f- like the philosophical six years old,
2: conversations.
1: I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean the thing is but I know I have philosophical conversations with Ark. I mean, yeah, he's 12, but I've had philosophical questions. I mean, yes, we we talked about death, we talk about God and stuff like that, but it doesn't mean he always understands it. Mm-hmm. He asks me the questions, and sometimes we, we go over the same questions over and over again because he's no I know he doesn't understand it.
4: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you're probably right. So, and these kids get it so well. I just don't – I guess I'm – Maybe because I am a mom of 11, 12, almost 13-year-old. I'm just kind of like, yeah, my son won't do that. I mean, I'm having a hard enough trouble trying to him not to fart in front of people. (laughs) You're not supposed to fart in front of people? Yeah, or, like, when he sneezes to cover his freaking mouth. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I understand at, at a young age they. I mean, they were like, okay, this is how you're supposed to be. No, I don't even know when they. When did he meet um, Tonks? That family.
5: Um, when he was, was pretty young. That? Yeah, I mean, I think mean, he was I had, probably like seven or so.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe the training did do it, but the thing is, I just can't see them in. I guess in their brain to to. Really, truly understand what this stuff is. I mean, Ark and I have been heck and stuff like that with his dad, and he, Ark asks some questions, and he's like, Why is this like this? And I'm just like, I look at him, I'm like, I'm 38 years old, Ark. I still don't understand it. I don't know how to explain it to you so you can understand it. And so that's just the way. I don't know. I think that's my biggest problem story. It's not that it's bad. And the thing is, I'm dealing with it and just going on because this is how it's written. And like I said, it's a lot of Jane Austen. Very parallels to it to, for me as how you you treat people in society and how you're supposed to come out. And the thing is, a lot of times, because Jane Austen is very, very much a woman-driven main right. characters, you don't see, like, the younger sisters come out until they are about 14 to 15 years old. And you know what? That is a bit, I mean, they're like, oh yeah, 11 to 15. That's a huge, it is a huge different development,
2: brain-wise, between those two. Right, that's mm-hmm. true. Eleven. 11's what, 6th grade? Something um,
4: like that. Yeah, yeah. So, sixth. Yeah.
2: yeah, okay, I'm just, I'm trying to, rem- yeah, 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 I would have been, I would have been in 6th grade.
1: Yeah, Ark's 12 and he's in
2: 6th grade. Okay, so, with her 6th. And then, okay, so, okay, that's where mm-hmm. I'm getting off. So, 5th or 6th, and then 9th or, what is it, 8th or 9th or 9th or 10th? Um,
1: to be like 13, it's oh. about 8th, uh, it's about 8th grade, almost, 8th and 9th grade.
2: Right, because I would, I have a fall birthday, so I was always, Yeah, I uh, Well, that's, I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the same just, way with
1: Ulrich, Ulrich's birthday, he has a birthday before everybody
2: else, and by the end of the year, everybody's caught up to him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean even yeah,
3: I'm the other way.
2: Even calling it like fifth, call it fifth to ninth grade, and my word, yeah. Yeah. my it's word. When you put it when you put it in that kind of context, because I'm youngest one on the podcast and close, and I mean I'm not good at remembering how how I thought at that point, and but putting yeah. it that mm-hmm. way, fifth grade, my word. Yeah,
1: well, I mean I'm, there's been a study. A study shows. You don't get your emotional, um, your your emotional feelings really until you hit about around thirteen. You you feel you actually feel your emotion, but your true decision making, really, um, like when you make, you start like, oh, this is what this is the cause and effect. True cause and effect Mm -hmm. is when you turn about twenty
2: five, which makes a whole lot of sense. When I was (laughs) twenty (laughs) two. That explains a lot, actually. Thank you. Exactly. It does. Cause, I mean, because I'm <laughs> 22. Yeah, and I mean, it's there, but it's not
1: yeah, consistently I mean, should, there. Well, yeah, I mean, this still, I mean, when you're 22, you should expect that you're going to be invincible.
4: Yes. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, in some aspects. I mean, some people do, do mature. It's not like it's not a maturity thing, it's just, it's your brain chemistry. You haven't yet develop and like, oh, cause, kind of the cause and effect. I'm like, heck, when I was 22, I got married. Yeah, that was stupid.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Actually, can I quickly tangent us a little more just because I'm excited? One of my friends just got engaged yeah, yeah. and I'm excited for, for her. Oh and, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I it's mean, always... No, 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 no I'm it, not so. I just, I was excited yeah. and I was having to... Sh- shove it all in and be very quiet and just go, ee! but, okay, sorry. <laughs> I actually thought what you were saying was really interesting. I just was excited and I needed to express it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad to be there.
0: <laughs> so what was that we said about
2: getting off course?
4: Oh, we're we away. never do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're away there. Okay. So, so, okay. I think No, so. it's I- fine. I thought it was interesting.
4: No,
0: it was very interesting and it makes yeah. a lot of sense.
5: It's something yeah, I, we don't I, really think about. We don't, it doesn't quite penetrate what age these characters are supposed to be most of the time when you're reading fic.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So.
2: Because we've got that disconnect and because we forget that we're hearing, hearing the character I don't remember which fic it was I was listening to folks listening to the podcast about, but I mean, you see in the books, like in fifth year, Harry and Ron are just staring at the first years and it's like, whoa, they're tiny. Mm -hmm. And I know some, and I know someone who went to the mall today and she was looking at all these high schoolers and oh my word, they're babies. And I mean, you're hearing it from someone who thinks that 11 is where they're at, at where everything is at this point. And then progressively getting older, so...
1: Yeah, and I mean, I just... So,
2: they think they're more mature. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think
0: that Harry in this fic is a little bit more mature.
2: And... I think that what he's gone through has made him mature. Right.
4: Right. Yeah.
5: And he might have extra instincts and be better at reading body language and things like that from having this, this cat side right. as well. Right,
4: right. I mean,
1: yeah, it's still, like I said, I'm, of everything that Ark and I have, I see Ark being a lot more mature than some of his friends mm-hmm. because of some of the stuff that we've gone through. But that's, I mean, it's a life thing. But the thing is, again, I can't get him not to sneeze and not cover his mouth. Again, I can't not get him not to fart in public. <laughs> oh, and stuff. Or even just at the dinner table, get up and go to the bathroom and do it. I mean,
0: I had a a little girl last year who like got up and walked away from the table and meal, and I'm like, "Where are you going?" And she's like, "I'm not allowed to do this at the table. One of you is breathing into your mic, and I tested to make sure it wasn't me, so I'm pretty sure it's not me. Just to let you know,
5: I can hear it, so it's probably and not me either. Too. Scarlet.
4: Is, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I cannot
2: breathe. I mean, I, you might have a passed out Ravenclaw on your hands, but I can try to not breathe if you want.
5: Okay, don't breathe.
2: <laughs> I love you too.
5: We'd prefer that you live.
2: Yes, we
3: do prefer you
0: live. you could move your microphone Just slightly. Stop breathing into your microphone.
2: I'm trying. I'm f- Geez, stop okay.
0: breathing. Oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> I hear someone's
0: keyboard, Flashback soon.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Harry goes on What's to say more? that he's feeling manipulated, and that he thinks that Dumbledore is—you know—he knows that Dumbledore trusts Hagrid to help guard the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone. Trisha, Ooh, just, what
1: was that? Sorry, I um accidentally like. Like, Sue just got really, really loud in my ears. <laughs> I accidentally hit, hit something. I was like, wow!
0: Well, don't do that either.
1: Okay, I'm fine now.
0: Oh, good. And she wants to know how they figured that out. And he says it's a long story, but I'm afraid that Dumbledore is trusting Hagrid with such important and secret assignments.
5: Because Hagrid does not keep secrets well.
0: No. Hell, neither you know. And, you know, not to mention the whole school knows about Fluffy. And she's like, Fluffy? You know, that three-headed dog? Oh. Mm-hmm. I and told the headmaster he should have stronger predictions on that door.
5: And he said, yeah, we told Hagrid that, but Dumbledore hasn't done anything. And also, Hagrid accidentally told us how to get past Fluffy. which, And it seems like he might have told someone else as well. And then he tells them the full story about the meeting that he overheard between Quirrell and Snape, although he was kind of trying not to go there, but eventually she gets the whole thing out of him. Mm -hmm. And so they're wondering, why did Dumbledore approve these protections that don't seem all that strong? She thinks about hers, and even that, she'd been thinking of beefing it up more, but Dumbledore said that was good enough. And it's mostly, they're all just sort of things to slow someone down and she works out that he's trying to catch whoever goes in after it he's not trying mm-hmm. to stop them from getting in
0: yeah and an hour later they're in the head headmaster's office mm-hmm. and they tell the story again and,
5: and he says it's all right i've put good a good protection on the stone itself so they won't be able to get it they'll just get to it
0: mm-hmm And so she's like, so is it all window dressing then? And he's like,
5: I wouldn't put it
0: so crudely. How you would put it is irreverent. I can't do that. (laughs) I can hear the word in my mind, but as I say it, the echo messes me up really bad. I figured out how to fix the echo, but I don't know what it will do to the recording, so I'm living with the echo. So somebody else say that line.
4: Yeah, I can't say it either. Which, which line says, are we says how on? you
5: would put it is irrelevant, Albus. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you would build a trap like that without telling me, because your layer of protection, being the only one that actually would stop someone, seems a little bit inadequate. And yeah, she wonders of about of maybe it. using a decoy, but he says we can't fake the stone's mag- magical signature, and then the thief would find out that it's not the real thing.
4: Mm-hmm. So. So, and Harry
0: says, "If there's something you want me to do, just tell me. You don't have to have a Hagrid go hinting about it." And Albus is somewhat taken aback
5: because mm-hmm. he kind of has had that plan a little bit, but he's not quite sure how to, because he thinks that having Harry there would destroy whatever's going on with Voldemort. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he thinks, "Well, maybe I could just say." I'd like to have your blood to help with the thief somehow, but he's not sure that it works. So he just has to go ahead with his plan and hope that they get there at the same time. So he says, no, no, Mm -hmm. I wasn't intending you to do anything whatsoever and and denies everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Liar. Yeah. And then, of course, Minerva takes 20 points from Gryffindor for him being out of bounds and sends them on their way.
5: Yes. And so they, then they're in, it's Saturday and Dumbledore's heading out to a Wizengamot meeting and Quirrell decides, ha, this is a perfect opportunity.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my
2: it is, I, mental I the juice box, box went off again.
4: <laughs>
5: Uh-oh. See? Do we want to know?
2: <laughs> um, it has, I mean, your phrasing of that made me think of Pirates of Penzance.
4: Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect
2: opportunity, irrelevant, but to get perfect opportunity to get married with impunity.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that I'm
2: my impressed. brain was what I couldn't say. I couldn't say all those words. <laughs> I'm
1: <impressed. laughs> my what? Ago, la, 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 la. I said you got a lot of big words in there. I'm really impressed because I couldn't
2: say all those words. Yes. Oh, it gets it gets more interesting there because it's I a patter song.
0: The There's a lot of that. that. Mm-hmm. Oh. That yeah, show I remember to... it from "Be Careful."
2: I was actually watching Babylon Five clips earlier. See, I can just bring in everything, but, and then <laughs>
0: thanks, the... Ryan.
2: <laughs> it all and... comes down to Star Trek, always. <laughs> and they had a character sing, "I am the very modern model of a modern major general," to annoy another character,
4: mm-hmm.
2: Marcus. So my brain was on. <laughs> Pirates of Penzance already. I
4: understand. It's a fun
5: song.
2: Remember, I'm the one who takes this musically everywhere.
0: Yes, you and Mooney. The musical people.
5: Yes, uh-huh. we need to have a podcast karaoke thing or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, oh dear. Oh
5: god. <laughs>
4: nope. Uh-uh. There's
2: gonna be a lot of dogs howling. <laughs> the sad thing is, I would do it, and I—you wouldn't need to get me get me drinking anything to do it.
4: <laughs> we
0: don't have to I liquor had, up Scarlet.
2: I would have to, I'm go. I'm going to a karaoke thing
1: tomorrow. Uh, I'm a little scared.
0: <laughs> You'll have fun.
1: Oh, it yeah. Work. It's for a good cause, so I can't, I'm not going to say anything.
0: <laughs> we got to get going. We're never going to get through this. Oh. So Quirrell sneaks down. He gets past everything until he gets to the stone. And he knows it's there. He's checked the magical signature, but he can't get it out. And he's working on it as long as he feels safe before Dumbledore returns. But he can't figure it out, so
5: mm-hmm. he
0: has to and abandon it. And one of the neat
5: it. things about this bit is that he, the way he manages to get through without Snape catching him, is he gets Lee Jordan to suggest to Peeves that he should vandalize the dungeons.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So, hmm. I should have done that the first time instead of the whole troll thing. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry starts getting feelings in his scar and in the middle of Quidditch practice because Voldemort's getting frustrated mm-hmm. but not enough to make him think anything of it and he forgets all about it. Then we have a letter from Arthur to Harry and Hermione, quite formal, and he wants to explain what his office has been doing and how they're working on the Munkle Protection Act.
0: Yes. I love Arthur. Yeah, me too. He's a good guy. And I love that Ron has no clue what's going on, but Harry... Ron's
1: ne- Ron has never had a clue.
3: <laughs> no
1: matter what fan
4: fiction or canon, he's just ne- Ron never had a clue.
5: Yes. So uh-huh. time passes through April, and Hermione's still going nuts about exams, even though Harry tries to calm her down occasionally. Uh-huh. And the letter does get published in the Quibbler, and eventually gets to the Daily Prophet. And Tonks writes a letter about it. Mm -hmm. Here's to less Snape in your lives, she (laughs) says. But unfortunately, this makes Snape grumpy. Yeah. Or grumpier than usual.
4: Yeah. Well, I can understand
5: that. Given that it's his first name and everything. And then Harry gets
4: another letter, and it's from Luna.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Sales at the Quibbler at an all-time high. Even better than the ones with uh, articles on Crumple Lord and uh, Yeah. Apparently, Professor Snape has a very bad infestation of Raksperts.
0: I hate it when I get Raxberts. I think that's I what Scarlet has right now.
5: <laughs> could yeah. be. And they're supposed to make your head go fuzzy. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it possibly could be. I, I'm feeling it mostly around my eyes.
5: No. Sounds
0: like mm. scientists. Hang if leave. you want to, but if you need to go, go ahead.
2: I don't want to, but I think I probably should. Just because here's as Probably as graceful as point as any. Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Well, are
5: there any further thoughts you want to give on the rest of the chapters as a whole, or
2: not right now? If, if I come up with something, I'll record something and give it to Sue. Okay. Feel it better. Good.
5: Mm-hmm. You can always comment on the forum or Facebook or something too.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm good at that.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, you know. for ha- thanks for having me. Sorry to be. No worries. Taking okay. us way off track, and <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, have we had interesting
5: conversations.
2: On... Yeah, we've never been off track. It's okay. Yeah, we never go off track. What do you
0: say? Yes,
5: we must be due for it by now.
2: Have fun discussing. I'll talk with you all another time.
5: So they don't really know what to make of Luna's letter, because most of it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Time moves on, and the but Friday after Luna. Easter, there's another Wizengam Hunt meeting, so Quirrell has another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, but Snape's but, still vigilant.
5: Mm-hmm. And it's harder and harder for him to get Snape out of the way. And also, Quirrell's kind of deteriorating through yeah. this whole thing, more than we noticed in canon. He's having chest pains, and he keeps getting confused, and um, mm-hmm. he keeps feeling his master's rage, which is part of why his classes are kind of bipolar.
0: Yeah, and he can't say Potter's name. So he sets off a different... It's, Distraction, and he basically conjures a dog, and Snape thinks it's serious. So he goes chasing after it, and Quirrell can get in. And he still can't quite figure it out. Well, well, no, actually, he does figure it out. He, But he can't do it. He needs
5: somebody else.
1: It's kind of like, I need an
5: innocent. Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of like the little Latin lamp thing.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The diamond in the rough.
1: Yeah,
0: and then Harry has a nightmare,
4: mm-hmm.
5: and he's like, he's, "No,
0: go away!" And there's the shadow coming closer and closer, and make it stop, go away. And the, the boys are like, "Harry, Harry, wake up!" <laughs> no, ah! And there's and he
5: flings them around with a mm-hmm. wandless filipendo because he's startled, and then he has to explain, "Oh yeah, I can do wandless magic."
4: <laughs> and, mm-hmm. oh, can't
5: everybody?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he wakes up rubbing his scar. Neville wants to know what's wrong. And he says, It's just a headache.
5: Yeah. He has a bad feeling about this. mm -hmm. Just to throw a Star Wars reference in there. (laughs) (laughs) I got a bad feeling about this. And then we get Rita Skeeter's point of view. Yes. It's kind of interesting.
0: She's on a mission. Mm -hmm. She's found Lily Evans' primary school and her old house. And she's interviewed a
5: couple of the neighbors. And, and by... they found out that the Dursleys were arrested for child abuse. Mm-hmm. And she can't get out the records because they're sealed. But she does yeah. mind, manage to find out that there's another Dursley by the name of Marge. Yeah. So she's going to go interview her, her too.
4: I gotta say,
1: she's a good detective. I mean, that's pretty impressive.
0: She is when mm-hmm. she wants to be and she puts her mind to it. And she's just yeah. not... You know, yeah. making things up.
5: She can do more than just turn into a beetle.
4: Oh, no, the mm-hmm. thing is, I mean,
1: like anything that she writes, she writes some of the truth in there. She just overextends it. And sometimes it is true what she writes, but it's overextended kind of thing. If I can say that, like, three more times, and I'll
4: be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: So we move on to Chapter 38, and Harry's gone to have him, his scar checked up by Madame Pumphrey. And he can't get any more headache-relieving potion because it's not meant to be taken for extended periods. Right. And Hermione thinks they better tell Dumbledore Is And Harry kind of agrees with her because he thinks maybe it's got something to do with Voldemort.
0: Yeah, something's coming.
1: Still, I can't believe Harry... I mean, I'm like, bravo, this is what I've always wanted Harry to do in, in, in canon. <laughs>
5: They're I mean, voluntarily like, going to tell the headmaster something.
1: I mean, they're going to Madame Pumphrey. Because, you know what? Yeah, it's a medical condition. It could be. Mm-hmm. You don't know.
5: Mm-hmm. And then they run into Hagrid because he's found a dead unicorn. Or he's got an yeah. injured one, anyway.
0: He doesn't know what's happening to it, but something's strange. The headmaster wants to know if anything strange is happening in the forest, so he's going in to tell him because mm-hmm. it's dark magic dark dark magic
4: Yep. Yeah. so he Thanks.
5: explains that he's found another dead unicorn and Dumbledore says alright tell me the full story and Harry says we've got something else to tell you as well we mic- and then McGonagall mic- comes running in because Rita has published her expose
0: mm-hmm. Harry Potter abused by muggle relatives exclusive interview with Potter's aunt Marjorie Dursley And Harry's like, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she's sensationalized everything, but got enough of the truth in there that... Yeah, so, yeah. And he's newly orphaned, unceremoniously dumped on his relative's doorstep, runs away. And I'm sure Albus Dumbledore had something to do with this, dear readers. He's got a callous disregard for the well being of the boy who lived.
1: you know what she's absolutely right.
0: she is yeah,
5: mm-hmm, and that's the kind of awkward thing,
0: <laughs> and Marjorie's not aware of magic, but the description of James and Lily Potter as freaks and no good drunks kind of tells them how they feel,
5: mm-hmm, and they have four more pages worth of stuff. A full transcript of the interview. Uh, Lucius Malfoy renews calls to oppose Muggle Protection Act.
0: Mm-hmm. And a full for, account
5: of the uh, investigation.
0: Did this day get any worse? <laughs> says Harry. Yeah. She's been screwing with me all year, he says. Harry?
4: Well, no, she has.
0: But, yeah, Dumbledore says he's yeah. been outplayed.
5: But mm-hmm. And Harry, Hermione says. The articles riddled with sensational speculation, but the crazy part is, it turned out to be mostly right.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: and, her, and Dumbledore says, "Well, she seems to print whatever will get the strongest reaction, whether it is the truth or isn't. And in this case, that was a really good story for her. So,
0: yeah, and you know, McGonagall says the Muggle." Anti-Muggle sentiment's going to rise dramatically overnight, and Harry's like, "But why? My mom and dad are Muggles." Yeah, but we don't have a lot of time, and you know, we have this vote this weekend, and emotions are high, yeah. and Harry so wants. So now, to-
5: what they have to try and do is at least postpone the vote so that they can calm everybody down
4: again. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and then McDonald's like, "All right, to recap." We have a unicorn killed in the forest again. Our defense professor is going insane. Harry Potter's having suspicious headaches. Harry Potter's past is causing a political uproar. Uh, That's four disasters before breakfast. I don't think we've had that many since the war ended.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: So Dumbledore's going to go off to try and sort out this political stuff and... He wants Minerva to be especially vigilant about the stone, and uh, there's some significant glancing in Harry's direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <gasps> significant glance.
0: Yeah. So they w- walk into the great hall, and, of course, kind of goes silent. And Neville says, Harry, and Harry says, I've seen it, and it's true. But a cupboard, Lavender says, how could they do that to you? You know, and then it goes on and on. And of course, Malfoy starts in cause you know, he can't not.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And he says, well, how can you support the muggles after what they did to you? And Harry says, because not all the muggles are like that. Most muggles aren't like that. And the other ones I've known have all cared about me and treated me really well. So, There's bad apples everywhere. Why can't, you know, why are we going to blame all muggles for something that this bad apple
4: did?
5: Mm -hmm. And eventually Snape has to get them all to stop and go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He doesn't want to get another slander letter. And Ron sort of is uncomfortable with the whole thing. But he says, you know, I'm sorry about complaining so much about being poor and stuff because... Obviously, you've had it much worse than I have.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they mirror call Sirius, who has lots to say. mm
5: mm-hmm. Because he's worried about him, too. And Harry says, don't worry about it. I'm fine. It was six years ago. It's all in the past, whatever.
0: Yeah, because they didn't know either. And so Harry has to apologize and say, I didn't really think to tell you about it. It's just something that happened a long time ago. mm mm-hmm. That's all there is to it.
5: (laughs) And Terry from Ravenclaw and Justin from Hufflepuff are getting the rest of the houses to back off and not um, bug him so much about this. Yeah. So just the Slytherins are going to be mean to him.
0: (laughs) But Quirrell's master is in an unusually good mood. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks that this article has Lucius's fingerprints all over it.
5: Yeah, which it does. Mm-hmm. She was the one who paid Rita to go off and do this whole investigation. Yeah. And then we're on to Chapter 39. And once again, Quirrell is going to try for the stone.
0: Yes, but this time he's got a plan. He finds the two Gryffindor prefects, Percy Weasley and Andre McGa- McDougall, and he...
5: Yeah, he imperiuses. The girl mm-hmm. to go off and um, get Hermione because Professor McGonagall needs her immediately.
4: Right, and, and then he Percy poisons Percy. Wants to
5: know what's going on, and he poisons him. <laughs>
0: yeah, he poisons Percy, and so when she comes back with Hermione, Coral takes Hermione and uses Percy as a way to get Snape away from the door because Snape has to save Percy because of the poisoning.
5: Yeah, he sends Miss McDougal off to find Snape and tell him that Percy's been poisoned. Mm-hmm. So Percy won't actually die if Snape gets there soon enough, but he'll have he'll be busy.
0: Right. Yeah. Don't tell him you saw me or Miss Granger. So Harry's staring at the map by one light when he sees Hermione's little dot, and. He realizes what's going on. He sees Quirrell and Hermione going down into or into the corridor, so I he wakes up. Go ahead. Wouldn't he
5: see Voldemort? You would Apparently think not. He doesn't get his own dot because he's not separate.
1: But you would be like Quirrell slash Voldemort. Well, it's
0: just like what we said about Peter slash Rat.
1: But it's always been Peter.
0: But Scabbers? It wasn't. It didn't say. It didn't say Peter. It said Scabbers. Did it?
5: Mm, we don't know what it said. I think I think Remus said in the it movie. said Peter, but we don't know why the twins never noticed in the years that they had it.
4: Right. Uh, uh, because most likely they probably weren't looking for Ron. <laughs> hmm
5: Yeah, they were looking for Filch and uh, and the Peeves. They weren't looking for Ron's bedroom.
4: <laughs> right. So
0: I don't know. Harry wakes up Ron and Neville. And tells them that Quirrell has Hermione, and he's going into the third floor corridor. And Harry's going after him, but you guys need to go get help. Mm-hmm.
5: So he tells. Once him, again, Harry not being like canon right. Harry. No. <laughs> hey guys, like, go get help.
0: <laughs> he tells him where McGonagall's patrolling, and tells her where you know to go. And Neville's afraid of getting into trouble, and Harry's like, "I'll take the blame. Don't worry about it. Just go." And gives him the invisibility cloak.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, they all put the invisibility cloak on and get out of the tower, and mm-hmm. then he splits off from them. Yeah. So he heads over to the third-floor corridor, opens the lock, and, oh, look, there's Fluffy.
0: Yeah, forgot about Fluffy. Oops. And he starts to growl. And, of course, Hagrid's given him a flute, but he doesn't have the flute, so...
5: Because mm-hmm. hey. they didn't plan it quite as much in this mm-hmm. version as he did in canon, because he wasn't going to go down there. But, um... <laughs>
0: the only thing he can think of is the Doctor Who theme song. Ooh.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he starts humming Doctor Who, <laughs> and Fluffy goes to sleep.
0: Yay! And he jumps in. <laughs> How does the Doctor Who's uh, I'll put in a sound clip here, and it won't make any difference. <laughs>
3: Okay. <laughs> uh,
5: and then he lands on the devil's snare, and it starts squeezing around him. And But he remembers Hermione's bluebell flame spell and starts casting it all around.
4: Mm-hmm. And, he,
5: and meanwhile, Hermione is being woken up on the chessboard. Yeah.
4: Coo-coo, good all evening. I
1: gotta, all I gotta say, I kind of I miss hearing Ron goes, you're a witch, aren't you? Mm-hmm.
4: Are you a witch
1: or not? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was just kind of like, I kind of missed that. And then I kind of missed, like, him swallowing the oh the snitch. I, was kind of, I kind of missed
4: that, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hermione has to play through on the chessboard, or else he can't get through. And she tries to get her wand, but he's already stolen it or taken it. I guess stolen's not a good word.
5: Yeah, while she was unconscious, he searched her. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten her dueling holster from her leg. And Voldemort is going to play the game for him. So he has to unwrap his turban, and she's understandably freaked out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she gets silencioed. Mm -hmm. Harry's made
5: it through and caught the next, the flying key. So that's one thing.
0: Yeah, and they didn't notice him. He sees Hermione alive and well on the chessboard, and then he sees the face on the back of the head. And a sharp pain flashes through his head, so he knows it's Voldemort.
5: hmm dun Dun-dun-dun. hmm
0: He lets Hermione know that he's there, though.
5: He makes a scuffing sound with his foot and just sort of angles the cloak out so that she can see his face.
0: And Dumbledore is spending the night in the leaky cauldron.
5: Yeah, because they have more wizard stuff to do.
0: Yeah. But he gets a note from Professor McGonagall saying that it's, it's an, an emergency. emergency.
4: I then with a howler.
0: Well it says that she brought it. So she must have left the school to bring it to him. Which seems kinda of weird to me. It seems like she should have sent a patronus or something and stayed to do what she could do, but.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe she sent it through the flu or something. I don't know. But anyway, that is what it says there. It says mm-hmm. that she brought it, which is odd phrasing. Yeah. Um, so, Albus runs out and says, put his dinner on his tab. And, what he's doing, and the reason that, a possible reason that he wasn't there earlier in canon, and the reason for this big anyway, is that he's worked out where the one Horcrux is, and he goes to destroy it, cause he thinks it's, he thinks it's the only one. Mm-hmm. So he heads out to, I think it's the, the one that has the cave.
0: Well, is that true? Cause that's what I thought at the beginning, but then, he never, like, goes into the cave before he sets off the fiend fire. It's just that he sets off this... So he's got the locket. Let's see. He's destroying the locket. Isn't that what he has from... Yes, because Remus and, yes, and Sirius yeah. found So that's what this right, is. because they found the it
5: in the black house. Yeah. So, um, so that's how he knows it was there.
0: And so he just takes it out into the middle of the ocean or, you know, to this little island in the middle of the mm-hmm. ocean to set up so the theme fire. So that the theme fire
5: won't get away. Right. And cause any problems.
0: But I he's thought He's memorized
5: the, same the, thing. Word, the parcel tongue word for open so mm-hmm. that he can open up the locket first. Wow,
4: um, I totally missed that. Yeah.
5: Um, <laughs> when you're skimming over, it doesn't quite, it doesn't necessarily p- penetrate, but in the close read, that's what's going on. Is he? He goes out to this little rock and he drops the locket on it and
0: then sets it on fire with the fiend fire. Yeah. So he thinks now that Voldemort will die. And then we jump back to the chessboard.
5: Mm-hmm. And Voldemort has gone into checkmate and wins the mm-hmm. game. Okay, and Harry's one not thing sure I mean, if, Go ahead. How did Harry get through? That's the thing I, was, I I Did
1: Harry just... Yeah, I just didn't... I think this is where I kind of got a little... Maybe I was skimming too much at that time but i was i just didn't understand how harry got through without I playing think a game he's of chess. been
5: walking around the edge of the chessboard
1: i thought they wouldn't let him well because of I the
0: invisibility me, cloak nobody nothing knows he's there but their innate magic should know he's there yeah, so yeah this is another part where it's kind of hard to know what's going on
1: yeah or I was thinking maybe he was, he like, you know how Ron got onto the, the horse. Maybe he just like started hanging onto a pond or something.
0: Yeah, or like just got right behind Hermione and moved as her, you know, like so that were two of them together.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I was thinking mm-hmm. at first. But I wasn't, it's just, it was, that part just wasn't
4: clear to me.
5: Know. yeah It seems like there is in this version anyway. There's space around the edges because he has to walk over to the nearest edge to let Hermione know that he's there. And then when we get back to it the next time, let's see. Um, yeah, it looks like he's just kind of crept around, and it it says he's really hoping the chessmen would let him pass since he hadn't been playing the game. But since Quirrell has won and opened them up, then they let him through. Yeah.
1: Maybe because he came in during
5: the game. Yeah. Must be something like that.
1: And so the next chamber.
5: Pretty much. Mm -hmm.
0: The next chamber is the troll, which is gone. Not gone, but unconscious or dead. dead.
5: Yeah. And then there's the room with the logic puzzle. Mm -hmm. And Quirrell knows which one is the right one because he's solved it and gone through this twice already. Right.
0: (laughs) So it's a wonder there's enough liquid left to get any of them in there
5: i mm-hmm. I'm guessing it resets every time or something like that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then they get into the final chapter and there's the mirror
5: of mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And-, and Hermione knows that Harry's there and is following, so she deliberately doesn't drink everything that's in that potion bottle. Mhm. So that he can come through as well. And she, of course, is quite shocked that Quirrell is after I the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. That's, that, that was
0: a uh, Mm-hmm. And she's trying to keep him talking because that'll give Harry more time.
5: Mm-hmm. And apparently the reason he's been grading the Slytherins harder is so that they'll work more mm-hmm. and be better prepared to defend themselves against the muggles.
0: Yeah. Harry's eyes shot eyebrows shoot up because that was brilliant.
5: Mm-hmm. It even made him wonder a little bit about Snape. But no, Snape didn't actually teach. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but I have seen other fics where that is kind of the thing. He's trying to be uh, tough on them to see how well they can do with that kind of thing. But mm. yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So Harry puts the cloak over her and starts backing toward the door, but there's an impedimenta curse cast at them and it slows them down.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And Voldemort wants to face the boy. Harry Potter, we meet again.
4: Yeah.
5: Cause the thing is, Harry's gotten Quirrell's wand away from him, but Quirrell still had Hermione's. Mm hmm. So he did, which he didn't know. So yes, there's Voldemort, and they explain the plot to um, get Hermione to get the stone for them. Because they've worked out what it is that you need to get the stone from the mirror. They just can't force themselves to feel that.
4: Mm hmm.
0: Yes. Look in the mirror, Miss Granger. Tell me what you see. And she says, I see myself escaping from you. And the mm-hmm. girl says, you will escape if you
5: retrieve the stone. Yeah. She says, the mirror only shows what you want to see and I don't want you to get the stone. So, but mm-hmm. meanwhile, Harry has been looking in the mirror uh, behind her and it is now uh, in his pocket. Yeah.
0: So he tries a wandless cutting charm, but he can't quite get the ropes cut. So then he burns through them, and Mm -hmm. it's you know. But
5: Voldemort can now tell Mm -hmm. that he's got the stone because I guess he can feel where the magical signature is or something.
0: Hermione, run! And Voldemort says, "Seize him!" And they
5: everybody's yelling a lot, basically. Yeah. Uh, Coral,
0: and, of course, yeah. starts to burn the minute he gets a hold of Harry.
5: It's blistering and, all over the place. And yeah, Harry's having horrible pains in his scar, and uh, or no, um, Hermione tries to get Voldemort off to get Coral off of her brother. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she looks at Voldemort's eyes, she starts feeling pain because he's legilimensing her or something. Yeah, or just blasting her with magic,
0: focus magic.
5: Mm -hmm. and Harry's scar basically rips open and Quirrell's hands are withering and and then he kind of desperately tries to cast the AK at him but it doesn't work Mm -mm. Uh, it misses him and then Mm -hmm.
0: Quirrell's dropped all the wands and he's trying to reach blindly for Harry's pockets trying to get to the stone and Harry's mm -hmm. fighting him off but not doing so well it's taking
5: a lot out of him too Mm -hmm. he's swaying on his feet and then, in the nick of time, Dumbledore shows up with Fox. Yes,
4: and mm-hmm.
0: Quirrell is weak and won't survive, probably.
5: But he's still alive at this point. Yeah. And so. And they he gets them to grab onto Fox's tail and
0: gets him to poppy.
5: Mm-hmm. And we're on to chapter forty, which is the second last chapter of book one of the Exiles of the and starts with Minerva. Who does not approve of Albus's plan. <laughs> no.
0: What the hell were you thinking, Albus?
1: I'm so
4: uh, glad everybody's just giving him an ear. <laughs>
5: yeah. Even
1: Severus is getting in on the act.
5: Mm-hmm. And it's going, well, it was worth the risk because now Voldemort's pretty much dead. Um, yeah, and but he's not. Snape says, um, I've still got a dark mark. So... And Albus realizes he must have more than one
4: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, you know, the next time you want to endanger him with such a mad scheme, kindly do it yourself and leave me out of it so I can protect him like I'm supposed to. And Dumbledore's like, you have no right. And Severus is like, I have every right. You know, I promised that I would protect him. And that's what I'm doing. And so Albus kind yeah. of apologizes
5: he says, I will try and from now on, I'll protect Harry and his family in every way I can. Yeah. And then we have Harry woke, waking up and he sees that there. is there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You saved me first, Harry.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Quirrell the stone. And so they tell him it's all taken up care of. And Dumbledore comes in to tell him what's happening. And his mom and dad are there.
5: Mm-hmm. And they explain why Percy's in the hospital wing. Mm-hmm. He was poisoned.
3: poisoned.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she's, totally she's been poisoned! poisoned. <laughs> Flashbacks! Yep. Oh wait. She's like totally poisoned! That's it.
5: Yep. I'm sure we could find that somewhere. No, it was in a Rena sure. episode. We'll,
0: we'll send yeah. Scarlet after it later.
5: <laughs> so. Yeah. And Hermione explains that she'd been stunned and woke up on the chessboard. And uh, Sirius and Remus are there, too. Mm -hmm. It's been a whole day. It's Sunday now. He's been asleep for a day and a half.
0: Yeah. And as they're leaving, Harry hears Pomfrey say, No, I will not let you give him a toilet seat. (laughs) So apparently Fred and George have come to visit Percy.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Which is
0: kind
1: of cute. Sorry. like, I mean... He puts little snippets that I, uh, of how canon was with the toilets, little things like that. It kind of it, it draws me back. Or I'm like,
4: oh, no, look at that, kind of thing, and it makes me giggle.
5: It yeah. drowns the story a little bit
4: in, yeah. the, right.
5: in the familiar. And uh, Mr. Granger says, well, we're proud of you for trying to save your sister. might have been better if you'd just gone to Professor McGonagall yourself instead of sending Ron and Neville. But we're still proud of you, so you're not grounded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Madame Pomfrey lets Ron and Neville in for five minutes.
5: hmm You know, and, and they not tell much their happened side. They found McGonagall, and she was going to take a bunch of points off of them, but they tell, told her what happened, and she ran off to send a message to Dumbledore.
0: So she did just send it. That makes more sense.
5: Yeah. And then... Uh, are Run. you still so playing in the wait Quidditch I match? I tell Ginny I helped save Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah.
4: mm-hmm.
5: Are you still playing Quidditch? And was like, well, uh, I hope so. just depends because, you know, no, I want you. he's got a week to recover.
4: Yeah. So,
0: and mm-hmm. they, at the rest of the afternoon, they kind of catch him up on everything. That Dumbledore succeeded in postponing the vote on the Magical Protection Act. And Percy's released... Mm-hmm. Because he okay. he's so agitated, so agitated about his OWLS that he can't handle staying in the hospital.
5: Yeah, it'd probably be worse for him to stay in the hospital wing than not. Mm-hmm. That that's what uh, Dumbledore says anyway. <laughs> but Harry thinks it was it's probably so that the two of them can talk without Percy overhearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Emma comes and wants to know. Uh, well, his whole family's back. Emma wants to know if he's awake, and Hermione asks how he's feeling, and he says, I don't want to go on the car. <laughs> so,
0: he's yeah. fine, she says. But so, they get him to tell his side of the story.
5: Yeah, and so he, he started by watching the map and etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. And he says, Professor, I have some questions. <laughs> and he yeah. says his same line from Canon. I will do my best to answer them. There may be some that I cannot, but I shall not, of course, lie <laughs> Yeah, and He wants to know what's happening to the stone. And uh, Nicholas and Perenelle are going to decide what to do with it. And it hasn't been destroyed yet, but they might.
0: Then he wants to know that he said that Voldemort said he came to kill me when I was a baby, not my parents. Why was he after me? And Dumbledore's like, I can't tell you that.
5: <laughs> but in this version he has his parents there to say, uh, why not? Mm-hmm. We agree he should be prepared as possible. And Sirius is like, no, if you won't tell him, I sh- I will, because I should have told him months ago. And so eventually, he says, at least tells him that there is a prophecy, although he's not going to tell him what it says yet.
0: Yeah. And the Trelawney made it.
5: Mm-hmm. He says, well, you know, prophecies are an uncertain thing. It might not be fulfilled for years or ever, but Voldemort believes that it could be. And so mm-hmm. that's the problem
0: and that it basically says that you have the power to vanquish Voldemort
5: or will at some point. Mm-hmm. And so he wants Harry to learn occlumency before he tells him the actual words of the prophecy.
0: Right. He needs to be protected and the whole family basically needs to know or needs to learn occlumency so that they can know the the prophecy. And he offers up Snape, but Sirius says no way. Over.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Shift, like. <laughs> and since he's an, and since he's an aura again now, he says, "You know, there'll be people who are trained to teach that. I will ask around and find someone. We'll not, so it doesn't have to be Snape."
4: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
5: Hermione wants to learn too. Yeah, if the, her parents will let her.
0: And then Harry says, "Quirrell couldn't touch me," and I was just. Dis- you know, talks about his birth mother died for you and gave you this power and that Voldemort couldn't touch it, and that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah.
3: And then Harry Oh, one cries. more
5: thing. Mm-hmm. How did you manage to hire Voldemort to teach defense? Well, uh, I suspected Quirrell was working for Voldemort, but I had no reason to believe he was possessed until after term started. Yeah. So. He. And what he was really trying to do was trap Quirrell and get Quirrell to lead him to Voldemort. Mm-hmm. But then, once he found out he was possessed, he decided he'd adapt it and it could still work with Voldemort being there.
0: He's not a very, I don't know, he's a smart Dumbledore, but he does not make very good decisions.
4: Yeah.
5: Dumbledore, you should make good choices. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So Harry turns into a cat because things are easier when you're a
4: cat.
5: Mm hmm.
4: And he thinks about it.
5: Yeah. And they get him to admit that. Really, he was basically planning on Harry to go after him.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And he doesn't really admit it, but he doesn't say anything and answer, and they figure it out.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: he says, that was my second plan, but I <laughs> abandoned that plan. I wasn't expecting him to actually go through with it. And I had every confidence that his friends would not be, ser- he- neither he nor his friends would be seriously harmed. And that's why they set up the logic puzzle with a tiny ocean bottle at the end so only harry could go through
4: mm-hmm.
5: because he's got his mother's protection and it's because dumbledore believes in the prophecy too right so it was basically a big gamble and he's i don't know if he worked does he mention the horcrux in here
0: i don't think so he'll mention it once sirius and remus are in his office but he doesn't mention it for these guys
5: And he said, you know, I was—I realized once you were close to figuring out what I was up to (laughs) that this wasn't a very good plan, and I abandoned that plan. I was just going to trap Coral, and hopefully Harry could deal with him afterwards. Mm -hmm. But that didn't work out because he'd had so much time setting up plan number two that it ended up going through after all.
0: And Harry wants to know if it worked. Did it at least work? And Dumbledore says no. Snape's dark mark is still there, and it would be gone if Voldemort was gone.
5: Yeah. So he's still got to face him at some
4: point and yeah. attempt to vanquish him.
0: And Sirius and Remus work it out at that point, and they sit down with expressions of horror, and Harry wants to know what's going on, and Remus says, Nope, not until you have your occupancy shields. hmm You know. Harry's kind of downcast again.
5: Yeah. He says, I really want to be a lot more prepared before I face Voldemort again. And Dumbledore says, well, so would all of us, but he's going to keep trying for you anyway. So mm-hmm. you might not have the choice. And
4: he says, Dumbledore
5: he... says, it's not that um, I was underestimating Voldemort. I was underestimating you
4: because
5: mm-hmm. I thought, you know he'd been eavesdropping when he and hermione when harry and hermione had found the mirror of Erised. right so he assumed that if harry got in there he would see the same thing and so it wouldn't have any effect on the stone being in the mirror but because hermione was there and harry was uh, worried about her he changed what he saw in the mirror
3: mm mhm what he
4: wanted to
5: yeah. in
0: there so dan says hey Sirius Remus we haven't decided on our summer holiday yet, um, is there a French school, Bobaton, or something like that? I think maybe we'll go to France for our vacation.
4: We like should visit.
5: Hope. We're just keeping our options open. We have mm-hmm. a few reasons to reevaluate the education our children are getting. <laughs> yeah. And Emma says, look, when we adopted Harry, you agreed to be open with us, and you haven't been. Right. You said you'd learned from your mistakes, and so far it doesn't look like you have. So, regardless of where we go next year, you've got to straighten up.
4: Straighten up and fly
0: right, buddy. I can see Dumbledore with this chastened look on his face, kind of looking down, scuffing his foot just a little.
5: <laughs> I don't know if we can do that quite. No, probably not. <laughs> And he says, I see now it is important to keep you fully informed rather than trying to protect you from the truth. And so you will have my full confidence from now on, except for things that have to have Occlumency first.
0: Yeah. So now Emma wants to learn Occlumency.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Can Muggles learn Occlumency? Oh, maybe. It's mind Magic. So we'll see. We'll talk to the instructor and see what he says.
4: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
5: Hermione's worried. She doesn't really want to leave Hogwarts.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: Dan says, well, probably we won't. But
4: if, at least if
5: Dumbledore learns his lesson. But he doesn't have to know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so.
0: And then we're on to the last
1: chapter of Book One.
5: Mm-hmm. Chapter 41 starts with a letter from Draco Malfoy.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Anytime I start reading the thing and it says, it says, Dear Mother and Dear Father. I always go, Hello, Mother. Hello, Father. <laughs> Greetings from camp. <town>. Hiya. <laughs>
4: what is that? What? That's a commercial, wasn't it? It's
5: Camp Granada. Yeah, yeah. Camp.
0: it's a camp. Mm-hmm.
5: It was, it was a comedian's thing because that was a song originally, um, that had nothing to do with summer camp. And he rewrote these lyrics and it was, uh, yeah. I'd have to look it up. I've looked it up before, but I don't remember enough of what I found out.
4: But it's I, I, fun. Don't know why I
1: keep thinking of it. I'm like, hello, mother. Hello, father.
0: It's just because it's really catchy and now you've got it stuck in your head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> damn it, Scarlet, Why aren't you here now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Draco says that uh, Quirrell kidnapped Potter's sister and took her into some hidden chamber in the school, and Potter followed him, and there was a confrontation, and now Quirrell's dead, and Potter's in the hospital, and they're keeping mm-hmm. things tight lipped.
5: Yeah. But the important thing is there seems to have be been a falling out with Dumbledore. They're not talking about that either. It's a private matter.
4: Mm-hmm. But.
5: Um, and he's heard rumors that maybe Dumbledore tried to put him in that situation in the first place somehow. And the his attitude towards all the other teachers doesn't seem to have changed, except McGonagall might be a little less happy with Dumbledore herself. Mm-hmm. And so he's suggesting increased pressure on Dumbledore. Right. And father and mother respond and say, this is excellent news. Mm-hmm. The Muggle Protection Act is under fire. and They will weaken the it. old meddler's defense. Unfortunately, this will also weaken his um, uh, defense of Professor Snape, but maybe they can have some sort of compromise that they can work out. Um, but the less you know about the circumstances of Quirrell's death, the better, because there's some alarming things going on around that. So be very, very discreet. And then we are on to the last Quidditch match of the season. Oliver Wood is starting his speech, and instead of getting interrupted by Fred and George this time, he casts a silencing charm on them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's learned. Mm -hmm. This is the big one. The one we've all been waiting for. This is the one for all the gobstones.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Win by 50 points, we win the Quidditch Cup. Win by 130, we win the House Cup. So, Harry, don't catch the snitch if we're down by more than 20, okay? Uh, Which he has been saying incessantly for the last few days.
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they take off.
0: And at one point, Gryffindor is actually down by 30, then 40, then 50. And Slytherin is in line to win the House Cup. And Harry's starting to worry. And then Angelina takes the lead anyway. and gets him going.
5: Yep. And then Harry sees the snitch and he, the Ravenclaw Seeker's hot on his tail, but he's got a better broom.
4: Mm-hmm. So
5: he gra- he manages to grab the snitch. And they all sing Potter is Our King again. Yep. And, then, and Oliver streaks towards him and nearly knocks him off his broom, which would have been <laughs> awkward, but, you know, he's having a great time. Yes.
0: And then the rest of the term passes in a, a happy blur. They get the house cup and Hermione's, Hermione's first, first, in first in class. Hermione's first in class, of
5: course. Harry's third. Anthony Goldstein is second, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Neville found his toad again.
0: <laughs> Yay.
5: And they sail back across the lake. And Ron invites Harry, Hermione, and Neville to come visit sometime in the summer.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Hermione says, we, we'll be pretty busy, but yeah. we'll try.
0: And then they have the Wizengamot meeting.
5: Mm-hmm. And oh, the one little thing that we missed that's kind of fun is the prevailing rumor at this point is that Quirrell was eaten by Fluffy.
0: Yes. Well, that's what everybody's trying to pass off.
4: Yep. <laughs>
5: Anyway, they go into the Wisingamup meeting. Unfortunately, there's still been all these articles speaking out against the Muggle Protection Act. Mm-hmm. And the, the Grangers and the Tonkses wrote Harry a speech for the second day of the meeting. But it turns out that Harry feels he should give his speech a little bit sooner.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Okay, first, they have a the um, compromise about Professor Snape, quality of potions instruction at Hogwarts. The situation is being investigated, Madame Bones, and um, then Malfoy has an announcement. The Board of Governors has met with Professor Snape, and he will now accept students who receive exceeds expectations on their OWL exam. Mm -hmm. So Snape's still around, at least, which the students are somewhat disappointed, but Dumbledore kind of wanted him theirs.
0: Yeah, and then they go off on the uncontrolled population growth of muggles and all of these things. And
4: mm-hmm. uh, and then
5: Harry says, I have something to say. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate my parents being referred to as something less than human. And he gives a fairly impassioned speech about,
4: mm-hmm. um,
5: yes, there've been horror stories about my horrible treatment at the hands of my previous muggle relatives. Yes. Everything happened As you've heard, they were horrible and they did all these things. But the muggles also arrested them and took them to prison mm-hmm. and then adopted me and treated me really well. And they just, they let me in even though they just saw this scared little boy and they brought me into my, their home and made me feel safe and cared for for the first time in my life.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, reported my other relatives to the authorities and, and social workers came out and everybody was, Really, really good to me.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And, he and half the people crying.
5: His new Muggle parents reached out to his cousins in the magical world and got him training on um, pure blood etiquette and all of that sort of thing. So it's not like they're ignoring all the magical traditions, etc. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, there are bad Muggles around, but there are also bad wizards like, say, Voldemort. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: He said that mm-hmm. And
5: okay. he says... Uh-huh. My support for the Muckle Protection Act has never wavered and he sits down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they adjourn until the morning because it's late. Yep. And so, so they have to wait for the next one. And they suggest that, you know, the green grasses are wavering and wouldn't mind necessarily being on their side, but because of the way things are done, they kind of would like a little something in return. Perhaps the portrait, portrait mm-hmm. of their
0: Ancestor. Ancestor. Belladonna Greengrass Black. Hermione's <laughs> like, isn't that bribery? No, we're going to call it a gift.
5: <laughs> yes, yes it is. But we'll call it a non military gift. So it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. So they uh, yeah. head they over really to talk about it. Use
5: such underhanded tactics, but they'll go with it because it's something they need to do. And they don't really care that much about keeping the portrait. So...
4: Mm-mm. But, I like
1: it that they found. The, I guess there's someone else in the portrait, and they're like, oh, we found her another frame. <laughs> so she can go up in there instead. Mm
4: hmm. Mm hmm. I like that's
0: kind of cute. Because the portraits have been sharing space with the one whose yes, frame got burnt. Melania up, or portrait Potter got burned had her,
5: her frame burnt, but they found her another frame. So. Mm hmm. Yeah, they've got. If you get um, still lifes of things, um, then portraits can go into that frame and live there instead. (laughs) Which could be kind of fun if you, you know, have an ancestor who particularly likes some kind of food or other. You could uh, get them a few different still lives and then they'll have different places to go, wander around the house or whatever.
0: Go and hang out to eat.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: And then they run into the Knot family.
4: Ooh, vicious.
5: Who are annoying and smarmy as ever.
0: Yes, they are. And Theodore is trying to call him mudbloods and
5: and mm-hmm. mr Nott yeah, that's says... that's a little bit too far for Lord Knott, so mm-hmm. he stops him saying that but you know he wants to call him to account for taking advantage of an obviously emotionally disturbed child and <laughs> mm-hmm. Andromeda says are you sure you were listening to the same speech I was yes that rehearsed speech
1: Yes, mm-hmm. I hope write it I'm sure you he-
5: and harry says you know lord not you remind me of my uncle more than any other wizard i've met Mm -hmm. well it's true and then and eventually he needles them far enough that andy has enough Mm -hmm. and takes out her wand and says are you challenging me to a duel (laughs) or will you apologize because i'm ready to duel you any old time
4: and I, mm-hmm. I, I am Ted. a daughter of
5: the House of Black. I survived sixteen years under the same roof as Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I, I love Teddy goes. That's my woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> now it's...
1: you see why I married her.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, then, so they... then they
5: do get to the Green Grasses, and they offer this. Uh, they offer this painting, mm-hmm. and they the kids have a little discussion with Daphne and Astoria, and. Harry goes all formal and kisses Astoria's hand. Yeah,
0: all that stuff. And he says, well, I'm sure that you have your grandfather's ear. Because Stephanie's like, well, there's nothing I can do. And he says, nah, I think you can. Mm-hmm. And then the meeting's the next morning and everything's crowded. And, and the debate kind of goes back and forth,
5: but. Mm -hmm. And Harry has has a little rehearsed response about um, how things are going with Dumbledore. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: We've had some serious disagreements in the past and more recently, but that's a private matter. And we stand united on uh, supporting the Muggle Protection Act. Yes. And so they have the vote finally after closing statements by Lucius and Augusta. And eventually it comes to 31 to 27. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: So they just barely passed the law. Yeah.
0: And Harry's excited. Yay. Fist pumping.
5: And he gets to have another photo with Gilderoy Lockhart. Of course. Oh, he does. so fun. Mm-hmm.
0: And Arthur we- Weasley's weeping and as he shakes Harry's hand, I can't thank you enough, Lord Potter.
5: Mm-hmm. So. And Sir William Flint- Finch Fletchley says, we feel much better about this, the prejudice in this world now, past this. Mm-hmm. And- there's a really long receiving line, even longer than Sirius's trial or the Order of Merlin. This time, Harry doesn't mind so much because he feels like he's done something really worthwhile with this. Right. Yeah.
0: Score one for the light side.
5: And that is where we wind up our coverage. It it's is. chapter 42 starts with the summer
0: and the next year. And I will encourage everyone to keep reading these. I have got up to chapter 80. I haven't read the latest two new ones. But mm-hmm. it really I'm is somewhere kind in a kind of fun 70s, story. I think. And it keeps going.
5: Mm-hmm. And as we go on, things spiral further and further away from canon, as mm-hmm. would make sense from yeah. the way things go. And there's just these little changes that result in... From Harry, A, being an end of ages, and two, having a, um, B, I should say, I'm being not consistent in my numbering here, but (laughs) uh, having a a supportive family to grow up with and actually, you know, going to adults at times and (laughs) sending people for help and not just charging blindly into things, well, I suppose that's slightly unfair. They were usually good about uh, planning a fair amount before charging into things, but <laughs> they still did it all on their own in canon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that is the first major section, about half as it stands right now of the accidental animages mm-hmm. by White Squirrel. And it's, yeah, it's quite a good story. We're having fun with it, but we do not want to cover all 82 chapters because it is a, Work in progress, and by the time we got there, it might be more than that,
4: and yeah.
0: a
5: little bit of space for some other things.
0: You went away, Scott. Did I? You're just
5: further away now. I
0: Did I maybe just... No,
1: no, he's, he sounds further away from me,
5: too. Still doing that?
0: There. There you go. There you back.
5: Hello, That's hi. weird. I have done nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the Skype ghosts. Mm-hmm. So, I love... Oh, excuse me. No problem. So, yeah, I... I I thought this was a fun premise. And I liked the way that he was able to change the story in little bits and just... But stay fairly close to canon, at least at this beginning. It will change more, like Scott said. But I just thought it was fun. I liked the idea of Harry being able to turn into this cat... And being able to escape from the Dursleys. And I like that he and Hermione are siblings.
4: Yeah,
2: I mean, Mm -hmm. I I like,
1: yeah, I like the premise of it. I know I complained about some stuff. But the thing is, I I mean, yeah, it's not my favorite fic, but I like it. It's well written. I mean, there's a couple little, like you said, there's a couple little times like, Mm huh? But it's, I mean, it's not, it's not so much that it takes away from it. Right. I like the idea of it. I like I like seeing the, the concept of Harry really having a loving family and in, in as a fangirl you always want you, you've always wanted to protect Harry and have, really wanted
4: Harry to have what he should have. Mhm. And I like that. I I
5: just like that idea of it. Yeah. And one of the things about having a podcast like this and doing what we do with them is that we're always trying to uh, provide some you know constructive criticism of the story i often find that going through stories for the podcast we notice more nitpicky things or things that bother us or whatever than i would just reading the story straight through mm-hmm. it wouldn't have occurred to me that they weren't acting like 11 year olds although um i will acknowledge that um uh, and Trisha probably has a point with that, and because I really don't have any experience with eleven-year-olds, so I don't know what they're supposed to act like. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I mean, the thing is, yeah,
1: I'm a mo- I'm a mother of a of a child around this age, and and so I and so I see it more. But the thing is, I mean, if I didn't have, if I didn't have a child, I probably would I probably would never notice it and just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have saw it more as like, oh, it's Charlie Brown, kind of. Thing. Yeah. But.
5: That's kind of the advantage of doing this too, is we all bring different perspectives to things, and we find out stuff that we wouldn't have necessarily noticed reading it just by ourselves.
1: Yeah, we're all, we're all different ages, we're all different, I mean, we have have different things in our lives that gives gives us a different perspective. And so that's what's kind of, that's what's kind of neat. I mean, even, I mean, even your friends and stuff like that, I mean, do that. Uh, give you a good case um two girls that i that i run oh, that i run with all the time okay one girl she's 50 years old she has two kids she's married me i'm 38 and I, i'm i'm the divorced one and i have a child and i'm a single mom and i'm and i have a child single mom child. yeah never mind and then we have another friend or the last friend and she she's 32 she's single never been married and she's a nurse. I'm an, well, not an engineer, but I work in an engineering firm. And the other one's a social worker. Mm. And one's a blonde, a redhead, and a brunette. I mean, okay, <laughs> how much, how diverse can you get like that?
4: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
0: And you do see different things. Stories are colored by your experiences, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would pick out something at about an 11-year-old boy because you live with one. Whereas Scott and I, not so much. Now, if this was about a four-year-old child, I might have things to say.
5: Right. Mm -hmm. Because you work with them all the time.
0: Yeah. Five more days. Five more
5: days. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing to um, to note, if you're a little bit daunted by this fic having 82 chapters as of recording, uh, is that it does start to move a little quicker as it goes on.
6: Yeah, I think like this, chapters... it took
5: 41 chapters to get through the end of the first book. It but looks you get like through by... two and
0: three by the end of 80.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, and I like, like golden... I just skipped to 82 and took a glance, and they're starting to talk about the Quidditch World Cup. So they're on to the beginning of uh, book four by well, then
1: the thing is, he really had to that he really had established even before they went to hogwarts he had to really establish a back a backstory. Mm-hmm. and i think he and you tell the truth i liked the backstory more than i liked it, them going to
2: hogwarts i think
5: he would <laughs> those are all things that we have seen before
3: mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's what sometimes
1: i when i read when i read fan fiction Sometimes when they, I think I enjoy stuff that's outside of Hogwarts better. Only because I just know, I mean, we, we've read the canon so much, it's always within Hogwarts. Or sometimes when I read fantasy fiction with someone else's point of view during the Hogwarts time, I'm okay with it. But when it's with Harry, sometimes it's kind of hard for me. Mm-hmm. Because I want to stay with canon. Right. More than anything.
5: Yeah, I'm just kind of trying to check back through, and the first 15 or 16 chapters were stuff before Hogwarts, where in the book, uh, it was something like five or six, I Mm -hmm. think.
4: Right, and I mean, and I can appreciate that. I mean, he
1: did not skim, but the thing is, he did go through every single little detail. I mean... I really enjoyed the parts where Sirius got got out of Azkaban and they went in Christmas and stuff like that. I think I, but again, they were just outside of Hogwarts. And I think that's what I, that's the parts I enjoyed more
0: than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, then you might enjoy the next few chapters because this is them during the summer and the Mm -hmm. different things that they do. And it is kind of fun to be able to see the family interactions outside of Hogwarts. Yeah. Especially because we have Sirius and Remus. I like it when we have Sirius and Remus. Yeah. Earlier in the stories.
1: Yeah, I, both, I mean, yeah, because I, I, I loved it when they had the meeting in series, so like, I don't know if you want me to be around. They, they're like, well, we just, I mean, we adopted a child that has a Dark Lord after him. Mm-hmm. Oh, why not a werewolf, too? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so, I don't know. Even when even when I was reading canon, there was a couple of times I'm like, I want to know about I wanted to know more about the dart, um, especially in book five. Book five was was one of my favorites, only because you got to see see the adults. And I'm like, because Harry was such an emotional wreck by that time, I wanted to kick his ass. I'm like, I want to read more about the adults. Mm -hmm. I'm like,
4: screw Harry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
5: We were sort of... That's another one of the things that I don't remember being that emotional when I was 15, but it might be, like people have said, that's a a fairly reasonable portrayal of, you know, hormones and stuff going nuts around that time, but I didn't really enjoy reading that. We don't like Capslaw Harry. Yeah,
0: that's true.
5: I mean, sure, he has reason to be upset about stuff, but
4: eh, it's just not as fun. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking for... I mean, I'm getting... uh,
1: and glimpses of Cap Flock's Ulrich, and you know what? I'm not enjoying it. I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna, I might be really drunk during that whole period. Just only just to get through it.
4: <laughs> no, I know I'm not that big of a drinker. i <laughs>
1: about alcohol today. Shit. Uh, but, I mean, it's... I don't remember being that angsty, but the thing is, probably
4: was.
0: Yeah. You get a little time and distance away from you, and you don't always... Remember how things were. Someone's at my door, so I'm going to answer it here. Somewhere. Those are some of
5: the fun bits about time travel fix and things, especially the ones where it uh, goes a little ways and the person sort of gets to look at their 12 year old self and they're like, oh my, was I really like that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my mom's, my mom will say to me, like, Oracle, do something, and she's like, ah, you're getting your. I'm getting my revenge on you, and I'm like, "What do you mean? I was never
4: like that." You know
5: what? I probably was. We need to grab some of those sound effects for our Halloween podcast.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> we do need to to uh, oil my door. The dog has arrived. So, but it's getting late, and we should probably wrap this up.
5: I, think I that told about my mom wraps up our, our this, won't take for this. Although one um little thing into chapter 42 that I want to bring up is the f- the first line is another one of those callbacks to canon. It's, exactly what happened between Harry and Hermione and the late Professor Quirrell was supposed to be a complete secret. So naturally everyone knew.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: <This laughs> it's a fun story. Goodness. I'm enjoying reading it and I probably will continue on and catch up to where i was last time at least but um it maybe not right away but certainly this one will be on my list because i enjoy it and Mm -hmm. um yeah hopefully you've enjoyed the story and our coverage and uh, all of that sort of stuff i guess if you haven't you probably aren't listening to this so hey (laughs) 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 yeah and that will wrap us up for this episode so i guess we'll say good afternoon good evening and good night everybody
0: Coming up in just a minute, we have the interview with White Squirrel, or Alex, and we hope that you stick around and listen to what he has to say about this story and why he wrote it. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the author interview of The Accidental Animagus.
7: I'm Sue.
6: I'm Scott. I'm Aaron.
7: And I'm Alex, also known as White Squirrel. Hello, Internet. (laughs) Welcome, Alex. We're glad you could join us. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it was a long time coming. I contacted you a really long time ago and just said, I'm really interested in this. Will it be done? And you said, yes. And then you said, okay, how long is this going to (laughs) take? Because usually, yeah, we're in a, a year. We're not so bad right now, but usually we're about a year behind so
5: mm-hmm. yeah what is it now like six months or so mm,
0: something like that yeah we're getting further it and further behind six months not bad it keeps us out of yeah. too much trouble
5: not exactly topical if you want that sort of thing you go for point of view weekly instead
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> although we're not being very topical right now either oh
5: yeah, well
6: you guys at least release somewhat around the time you record though right in theory?
0: Yeah, in theory, we were releasing uh, the night after, but then Ryan had this thing called a baby, and what? it stopped. So, <laughs>
5: uh. Well, you know, certain priorities shift a little bit yeah. around that kind of thing.
6: Yes. It's all um, right. He'll, he'll, he won't be able to use that excuse again, at least not until after, you know, I don't know. A little while. For a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you never know.
5: Greetings, future internet. If you're listening to this and you've already been listening to Point of View Weekly, this is being recorded during the hiatus, which hopefully isn't happening anymore when you're listening to this.
0: (laughs) No, actually it will be because this is going out in two weeks.
5: Oh, right. We're being on time with this one because it goes with the the actual fic podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense.
0: Which was recorded, the last one was recorded three days before I ended school last summer, so it was sometime at the end of May.
5: Okay. So we've jumped from May to November.
0: (laughs) And it's cold. Yeah. Alex, this is going to be really hard because you won't know if I'm talking to you or the cat. But
6: (laughs) He'll hazard uh, a
7: guess. Yes.
0: So you want to tell us how you came up with the idea for this
7: story? Okay. So I started out reading fan fiction with... Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Awesome. That'll do it. And I read that because David Brin recommended it. He's one of my favorite science fiction authors. Oh, interesting. Cool. And I really liked it. And you'll notice a number of shout-outs to that pick in my stories.
0: I believe Aaron found a few of them.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I could be hard-pressed to tell you what they are right now, but definitely a few a few uh, references.
7: And then, at first, that was the only one I read, I wasn't really interested in reading other fanfics, uh, but I was looking at the Reddit pages for Methods of Rationality, and I happened upon The Perils of Innocence. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I've heard of it, but I've not read it. That, that has Harry and Hermione growing up in a mental institution, because that was the only place that could treat their accidental magic. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. And when I read that, um, you know, that, that was, that was kind of the gateway fic that got me, uh, really into the world of fan fiction. And it was a combination of that story and another one called the natural animagus, which Honestly, wasn't that good, but I liked the premise that also had Harry as a cat. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. And and so I kind of, I combined the Harry as a cat premise and the Harry and Hermione growing up together to create the accidental animagus. Cool.
5: And it's turned out pretty well so far. (laughs) 93 chapters and counting.
0: (laughs) Yes. So what year are you in? Because I have not been keeping up. I need to go back. I am in
7: fourth year.
5: Okay.
0: Yeah, I cool. think I, I got
5: through third year. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm reading chapter 80. I'm just about to the end of third year and then a little kick into fourth year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I started. I, I reading. started reading them again as we as our podcasts were coming out that reminded me that I wanted to keep going and yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm myself I think I'm on chapters in the 70s somewhere on this one. I had stopped I had stopped reading for a little while for reasons that I no longer remember because
7: <laughs> I was really enjoying
6: it. And, uh, so now I've almost got to go back and start over, but it's all right.
5: It's, a good yeah. story. it's probably just being distracted. That's what usually happens to me is I, I will be reading along on something and then something else will come up that I have to do and I'll start doing that and then um, just sort of forget where I was in whatever I was reading before.
3: Mm-hmm. But,
7: yeah. Yeah, I, I keep a list of stories that I've read part of. That's smart.
5: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, and that would be really good, especially if you put the last chapter that you read, because there's times where I go back and I'm like, now where was I? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to reread it. But if you're rereading it over and over again, then it, you know, it starts to really
3: yeah.
5: lose the appeal. So I sort of find when that happens, if I at least remember it a little bit i sort of jump around slightly and go okay yeah i remember this part let's try another 10 chapters on oh yeah i remember that part Mm -hmm. oh this is unfamiliar let's back up and then i eventually find out where
3: (laughs) Where i was
0: before yeah so had you written things before or is this kind of your first foray into fan fiction
7: well Way back in high school, I wrote some Star Trek fan fiction, which was so bad it will never see the light of day.
6: <laughs> that happens. You're not alone, not alone having that uh, that kind of uh, feeling about your early works, definitely. <laughs> uh,
7: I I had written uh, a couple of science fiction novels, uh, one of which was fairly good. Uh, so, you know, original fiction. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of got hooked on the fan fiction. Yeah.
0: I imagine that being able to have comments and things from fans really kind of helps with that because you kind of get feedback and it probably really helps with
7: momentum. It it helps some. I think the greater help is just the sheer volume of writing I was doing. Mm. I mm. I never wrote to anywhere near that pace with my original fiction. Yeah.
5: That makes it's sense. It's sometimes easier to pick up with um, fan fiction things because you have that established
7: background to draw on. You don't have yeah. to build do, the world it, yourself. The world building, the, the first couple chapters where you're trying to establish everything, that that's very difficult. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Uh, yeah, There's a there's a... Uh, I've dabbled very little myself. Um, there's a, but I've read quite a bit. And I, I, there's something about, like you're saying, writing in an established world. There's a, there's a, the, the language of the world isn't something you have to reinvent each time. It's something you you start mm-hmm. off with, and it makes everything. Much easier, and then you know if you in in and, and i'm sure you started reading uh sorry writing Star Trek fan fiction because you were a fan right because you right. you enjoyed this the <laughs> the original series or next generation or whatever it's something you're passionate about, and if you 're writing your own stuff you, you might be you know you're you're interested to to you know make up this stuff, but it 's not something that you necessarily it it 's coming from within it 's not coming from an external thing i think that's why it 's so easy for it seems to be easier for people to write fan fiction than it is to write their own stuff sometimes.
5: Mm -hmm. You find that with tie-in novels and things like that too. And like if you're reading... A CSI novel or the official Star Wars or Star Trek stuff yeah, or things like I, that. I, I, you, exactly. you introduce the people a little bit just in case this is the first book someone's picked up. Like they'll the first time Gil Grissom shows up, they'll describe him. But you know who this is because you've seen the TV show or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. your whatever the original source was. So you don't have to worry about building that quite as much.
0: Right. But you had to build... A little bit, because you went back so far into Harry's younger years. I know we talked about that a little bit, I think maybe in the podcast that's coming out with this one, where... Yeah,
5: that's one of the things that it's quite enjoyable about this series is all the extra depth that you're Mm -hmm. adding to stuff. Because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of areas of the Wizarding World that you take us to that Joe never touched on. Like um, in... The stuff that I've just been reading, which we didn't get to on the podcast, we have a wizard from Australia who's kind of doing a world tour, and so you get to see what some of those um, areas of the world are like. And
0: so we, we need stuff. to recommend this story to Keza.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she'd like that.
5: So far, we haven't spent much time actually in Australia, but the Australian guy is fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Keza is our resident Australian.
5: Mm-hmm. It was in some of the earlier Potterpick Weekly podcasts, if you go back and listen to those. Was there particular things that sort of inspired you that you wanted to point out or take a sharp turn to the left or particular things you wanted to change or something that you really wanted to dig into and learn more about as you were going?
7: Uh, That's kind of a difficult question. I, I definitely like to make things make more sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of my uh, one-shots are poking fun at something that happened either in canon or is very common in fanfics that doesn't really make sense.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, it's always nice to kind of uh, figure out the plot holes. And we've noticed, I think we commented a number of times, that you're very good at coming up for reasons why things might have happened the way that... We saw them happen.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And speaking of one shots, we we'll might as well throw this out because uh you did it uh during I think the third podcast we did. Might have been the fourth. I
7: think it was the fourth.
0: We talked about uh McGonagall <laughs> getting to do the spell. And, yes, how much oh, you
7: I've,
5: enjoyed the spell on the Suits of Armor.
0: I always yep. wanted to do that. <laughs> Your totem locomotor. (laughs) And we put out a call for fan fiction on, you know, maybe she had done it or gotten close to being able to do it several times and had never been able to. And and you actually wrote something, and it's really good. So Mm -hmm. thank you for picking that up. Because we put calls out for fan fiction and fan art all the time, and rarely do we get something. So that was really exciting to get.
7: Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for the idea. I wrote it because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and I had a few good ideas on on how to do it.
5: Yeah, some interesting occasions when she might have almost used <laughs> that spell. So yeah, people go to uh, White Squirrel's uh, profile page on fanfiction.net, and you will find a one shot called "I've Always Wanted to Use That Spell," and it's the story of how McGonagall's progress in making the statues do things.
0: Because <laughs> so. she always did want to do that spell. And yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun.
5: Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, actually, one of the questions that I had was, um, did you deliberately set out to use uh, some things from the books or, and some things from the movies, or was it just whatever happened to stick in your mind the most, or things like that? Wow. Um,
7: yeah. I I always go back to the books for reference, but uh, there are some things in movies that, if they don't contradict the books, I'll usually use them. And Mm -hmm. occasionally there are a few things in the movies I like better. Uh, I don't have anything off the top of my head.
5: but Well, the one that I noticed in, uh, in the year three stuff is that you used Cho having a slightly incongruous Scottish accent because her voice never gets described in the books. And so we sort sort of took that from the the movie. So so
7: things in the movies that don't contradict the books, I'll usually take them. Mm, That makes sense.
5: Mm -hmm. The only one that I noticed, at least recently, that seemed like a contradiction is when the Grangers go to Egypt to visit Bill and the rest of the Weasleys...
0: I'm pretty sure that Scott means the Weasleys here.
5: You mentioned that Charlie's the only one who seems to take after their mother. And I'm pretty sure I remember reading somewhere that the twins were short and stocky as well as hmm. the yeah, rest so of them I, being tall. I did
7: remember uh, seeing that somewhere long after I wrote that chapter.
5: Ah, uh, that happens. mm
7: mm-hmm. yeah.
5: I can't remember exactly where the reference is either, or I would find it for you because I have some of my books sitting here. But, oh, well, it's not something that is a major impact on the story, whether mm-hmm. the twins can reach a high shelf or not.
7: <laughs> These are the pitfalls of casting. You know, you have to start them at age 11, and you don't know how tall they're going to wind right, up. Right.
3: Yeah. It, they got it just
7: worked out well up. that...
5: Daniel Radcliffe ended up shorter than Rupert Grint. Yeah. So. <laughs>
7: Daniel Radcliffe brought up five foot five. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they, they, they couldn't have done better with uh, uh, Matt Lewis. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. they
0: That was perfect.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And he actually had to wear a fat suit for, I think it was like movie five and six or something like that. <laughs> Just because was too drastic a change. <laughs>
0: yeah, I loved the, the story that Joe Rowling said that she had come in for a table read and she was sitting there and she's like, Oh, look, there's Dan and there's Emma and there's Rupert. And I don't know who that is. And oh, there's some the <laughs> holy cow, that's you know, <laughs> she just sort of glanced <laughs> right over him because he had changed so much. So yeah, it was funny.
5: <laughs> yeah. It's always tough when you're casting something that's going to go on for long periods of time.
0: Mm-hmm. And Scott, I I don't know if this is the reference that you're thinking of, but I know that part of uh, where we get the idea uh, is from Fox Ears and the mm-hmm. Short Weasley Club.
5: No, that was that's a fic thing. But I think if it's either when he first looks at the picture of them in um, azkaban or it's when he meets them all in the garden when they're like um, uh, at the burrow Mm -hmm. it's the first time he actually meets charlie and bill um, and he notices that bill and the twins have kind of the same build and everybody else is the tall lanky build
3: okay
5: i'm not sure precisely where that is i think it's in goblet of fire somewhere that sounds right
0: So I'm, I'm looking at my notes and apparently, uh, we asked the same question twice during podcasts because one of my notes says, where did Hermione's parents' names come from? And then quite a ways down the page, it says, why Dan and Emma? (laughs) (laughs) So apparently we asked that question twice because I was typing up notes as I heard them while I was editing.
6: I always assumed it was the, um, standard, you know, Dan Radcliffe, Emma Watson naming scheme that people do a lot with Harry Hermione, but perhaps I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. What say you, White Squirrel?
7: Well, I used that knowing that it was usually used for Harry Hermione romances, but I used it just because it was the most common. And I like how the fan fiction world has sort of standardized some things.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. So it So it, it, it enriches the world. And so... If there's something that's used commonly, like Dan and Emma's names, or, for example, Daphne's and Tracy's personalities are okay. very standardized. I'll just go ahead and use that.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That makes sense.
7: Yeah, I, it's, uh, there's a good point about Daphne
6: and Tracy. They're, they're, you know, are they, you know, in more? They have more than two seconds of canon interactions with anybody, and yet they've got such a. Um, Daphne.
7: Because, I don't think Daphne has. Any, Daphne might have like a line or two. I, but I think she only gets a mention in the books. And I'm pretty sure Tracy isn't mentioned at all in the books.
6: Okay. Hmm. Interesting.
7: Yeah. That that
6: list of names that uh, I think uh, that's uh, that, that Joe released at one point with the, with the whole class is a veritable treasure trove for fan fiction uh, mm-hmm. writers for sure. Yes. It'd be interesting
5: to kind of try and track back some of those fanon things and see, like, who first invented Daphne Greengrass, the Ice Queen, and, you know, that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> well, Melinda was just wondering where Charlie and towel came from, so. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was from, uh... After the end? After the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what we we've, we've figured out.
5: Mm-hmm. According to the wikia, at least, yeah, Tracy Davis's name came from the list. And so we know that she was in the dormitory with Millicent, Pansy, and Daphne, and someone else. It was first mentioned in the documentary Harry Potter and Me. And then Daphne mm-hmm. Greengas was called up to take her owls. So her name was called on the roll. Um, okay. But I don't know if we ever actually interact with her. Uh, she's mentioned I, I as part of Pansy's gang in something, and then we know about Astoria from the epilogue.
6: Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, I think we know about Astoria from the the post-canon like family tree or whatever.
7: That she, yeah. Not family tree, but those... Her, her name, her, her name yeah. is not given in the epilogue. Yeah.
5: Well, right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, someone was asking who did Draco marry, and that's when we found it out says mm-hmm. it's a Time Magazine interview. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, neither of them actually show up much in the books. Right. But there they are.
0: So how long did you study cats
7: in order to do this story? Um, not all that long. Here and there over the span of a couple months when I was writing the early chapters. And do you have a cat? I had one, uh, that died when I was about four. Oh. So where did you go to study cats? Uh, internet. <laughs> I guess that works. Always a good source for study. <laughs> you, you can I don't Google know. Sure you can find cat and get plenty of information.
6: Yeah, I was gonna say, um, are there any videos of cats on the internet? I thought that those were outlawed or something.
5: They're yeah, not you not never allowed. find cats on the internet, no.
3: Never, never. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Yeah, but there is some interesting things about the the body language and such. Like, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of uh, blinking being a sign of mm-hmm. uh, trust of and and or affection kind of thing, and. One of the things I just ran into going through third-year stuff, since it's recent for me, is um, he has much more trouble in this universe with Buckbeak than he had in canon because he's used to blinking in response to things, and the hippogriffs here are supposed to maintain eye contact. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he has to keep telling his cat self that this is not a challenge. He's just trying to be nice to Buckbeak.
0: I actually just found the note about methods of rationality. It says, "Wizarding world with Muggle science." Nod to methods. <laughs> so that's part of one of the ones that we found.
5: Yeah, there um, you go. One of our sort of standard questions that we like to ask everybody is, "What's your writing process like? Do you have to have music on? Do you write when you write? Do you write in a specific place? Do you type things? Do you write them out longhand?"
7: Well, no, um, I like to have music on, but I don't need it. Um, uh, the the where doesn't matter too much, but I do need to type it out because it's faster. Mhm.
5: Mhm. Makes sense. Most of the people we've interviewed seem to go that way. There's been a few that like to write it out by hand first or just find that easier because they don't always have a computer with them or whatever. But
7: And, and the other thing is uh, I use Scrivener and I would not be happy if I had to write without it.
5: Mm, interesting. I've heard of it, but I don't really know much about it.
7: I was going to say, I don't it's, know what that is. It's a really nice program that lets you type a story scene by scene and then rearrange the scenes. Oh, mm. Nice.
5: Well, so if you don't know precisely where something goes when it comes to you, then you can put it in there later. And you
7: can, and you can go back to, you know, what scene something's in. You can find it a lot easier than scrolling through one long mm-hmm. Word document. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, interesting. That would be helpful in a lot of ways.
7: So I have
0: a question here, and it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm thinking that maybe there's a typo or something, but I'm going to say it and maybe it'll make sense to you. It (laughs) says, did you get Puckle from the fact that it was going to be the Granger's name?
7: Yes, I did. Oh, good. You know what I'm talking about because I'm looking at this note going, what? (laughs) So in the fic, uh, Hermione's mother's maiden name was Puckle. Okay. Okay. And if you look at the original forty, that that uh, paper from Harry Potter and Me, uh, it says Hermione Puckle, and then it's crossed out, and Hermione okay. Grangers are in.
5: Interesting. Cool. Yeah, there's there have been some neat fix that pick up on things that J.K. eventually discarded. Mm-hmm. Like um, I've seen one where. I think it was originally going to be the Grangers that that find Harry yes. or that go to Godric's yes. Hollow, and that we've had some people that actually took that and ran with it.
7: I have uh, one of those in my favorites list. It was. Um, not, it's uh, it's called One World. Yeah, that's the one I've Harry. been reading. Yes, it's another one with Harry raised by the Grangers.
5: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So we may have to take a look at that one, too, because it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go put it in the, in the host chat. We'll, we'll look at it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. That's the one trouble we find going through things, is we often start reading a bunch of fics that are kind of similar, and we have mm-hmm. to sort of separate them a little bit so that we're not having the same fic all the time, kind of. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. We did one season where we really went off the rails and and had some very unique ones we did a a star trek crossover that was kind of fun (laughs) and a few other weird ones so it's it's good to mix them up every once in a while because otherwise you're just kind of reading the same story over and over again that's not Mm -hmm, not much fun
5: there's all sorts of nooks and crannies in the fan fiction world.
6: True
0: story. <laughs> yes. True. Story. Not all
5: of them you want to necessarily step into, but. <laughs>
0: you know. Yeah, there's a few I don't want to.
7: Uh, no.
5: It takes all kinds. Everybody likes something. So.
7: Do you know karate? No, I uh, was deliberately vague in my descriptions of karate because my knowledge came from Wikipedia and YouTube videos. Although I did watch uh, some YouTube videos of, you know, little kids' karate lessons to have mm-hmm. some reference for that.
5: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because those did seem quite uh, reasonable for that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: I like little kids' in karate lessons. It's usually kind of fun to watch.
5: Was that just something that seemed logical to you for the Grangers to do? Or why did you decide to have Harry and Hermione go to karate lessons?
7: Well, you do see stories where Harry takes some kind of martial arts. Mm -hmm. And that did seem something reasonable for the Grangers to do. Mm -hmm. But, of course, I wanted to do it in a realistic way, not uh, Harry becomes a a super karate master.
5: Right. He's a black belt at age five. Wait. (laughs)
7: Yeah, I, I made, it It was a stretch to make them black belts before they went to Hogwarts at all.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. Yeah, but I'm
0: glad that you did it just because that kind of gave that a little bit of closure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it works out. So.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And that is technically, I think, I think either that or brown belt is the level you have to be to try and teach somebody else. So then they're, you know, giving some pointers to their friends at least. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, teaching, teaching Neville exercise at the very least.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I really like, Neville's is one of my favorites, so I like that he's a bit more involved in your story. That That always makes me happy to see him getting a little extra bump. It's interesting because I, I have questions written down that, uh, like I said, I was writing down... You don't
5: remember the reasons for? <laughs> no, but
0: I was writing down questions as I was getting to them in edits. And so I think that we actually answered this question later in the in the chapter, but it might be fun to just touch base on again. What language is the Chapter 33 disclaimer in? And tell us about why it is that way.
7: Um... Yeah. I, I believe that's the, the Lovecraft one. Probably. Yes, I think so. Because I think Scarlet looked it up. Yes, I, that's a quote from H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, I don't just, know what the language is called. I, I've only read At the Mountains of Madness from his, from his work. Mm-hmm. But I, I use that sort of mimicking Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality again, mm-hmm. which, at least in the early chapters, wrote humorous disclaimers. Yes, those are. And when, fun. and when I ran out of jokes, I started uh, using quotes from science fiction novels.
5: Oh, interesting.
0: Well, if you like Lovecraft, there is a podcast. Oh, what is it called?
5: Are you thinking of Night Vale?
0: No. Um, the Drought cast
5: Sue has a no. lot of podcasts to go through.
0: I do. I do. I'm sorry. I should have looked it up before I started this. We'll edit some of this out.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, it might be cast. It's supposed to be for strange authors. Yeah, this is it. It's the Cast. But they do an HP Lovecraft month of stories. I want to say in August. It might be September. Where they, they either do his stories or stories that they've had written that are like his. And they they just read the stories. It's really interesting. One of our f- former authors, or maybe it was somebody that we read, but I don't think somebody that we actually podcasted on, got one of his stories read on Drabblecast. And I started listening to it then. And I've never stopped. So it's kind of a fun one to listen to if you like Lovecraft you could look up their their Lovecraft month I, they've, I think I've heard three or four different ones that they've done and they do it every mm. year so I just thought I'd throw that out there
5: I'm pretty okay, sure Welcome to Night Vale is also fairly well inspired by Lovecraftian things as well as other stuff yeah so
0: I talked to Wolfie the other day. I haven't talked to Wolfie in months. And he's like, so was Nightfall just in Portland? And I said, I don't think so. And I looked it up and they were at Powell's with Hank Green three days before Joe said, hey, did you go see them? If he'd just been a week early, I could have been there. But I didn't get to go. But that would have been fun.
5: I haven't kept up with them. I think I was around episode 20 something. Oh, well. It's a little too spooky for me at times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was surprised you were even talking about it because I didn't think you liked it very much.
5: <laughs> it's interesting, but yeah, not entirely my wheelhouse. But it's certainly Lovecrafty, and at least the the people who write it also like Lovecraft things because one of the things they advertise at the end is their book about his stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: So. <laughs>
0: Okay, Let's see. Um, I
5: don't know. What else was I going to ask? I'm yeah, sure there was something.
0: <laughs> what house are you in?
7: Uh, me? Yes. Ravenclaw.
0: I was going to say, I know the rest of us were all Hufflepuffs. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ravenclaw, that's a good house.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm a Pottermore Ravenclaw, but I was a Hufflepuff first, so I'm sort of partway in between. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I actually Pop? knew that because
7: I sorted you, but for the podcast
5: yes. Pottermore put me in
7: Slytherin and I have no idea why
5: mm. oh. Weird. in my case I can see being a Ravenclaw I suspect as an 11 year old I would have been but I'm more of a Hufflepuff now so it sort of goes either way
0: and now we want to keep you in the Hufflepuff so we won't let you go over
5: <laughs> yes
0: especially since you're head of house <laughs>
5: <laughs> that would be slightly awkward. <laughs> oh look, your is actually a different house. Sorry, <laughs> Oops.
0: How did Harry get across the chessboard?
7: Was it just because he was in the invisibility cloak? It, it, it was supposed to be because he came in in the middle of the game. Okay. And you know, all the pieces were already set, so that they didn't need an extra piece. So he could hang he could hang back behind the board. And then once Quiromort uh, defeated the Chessmen, Harry could just walk through. That makes sense. I knew there'd be a good explanation
0: for it. I just wondered. Uh, Aaron, do you have questions? Um.
6: <laughs> not to put you on the
0: spot or anything.
6: Give me a second.
0: Okay. I'm trying to remember my other, uh, what you read, there's never a good way to say this, real worldly, (laughs) that's not fan fiction-y, besides Harry Potter and possibly Star
7: Trek stories. I I haven't, I read, I read a few Star Trek and Star Wars, um, Expanded Universe novels, Right now, I'm working through a list of science fiction classics. Mm, That sounds like fun.
0: And do you have an author that you particularly like? Um,
7: I'd have to go with uh, David Brin, who I mentioned. You mentioned already. He wrote uh, *Star Tide Rising*. He wrote the Uplift series. He wrote um, *Wrote Sun Diver*. Uh, His most recent one is Existence, which is excellent. Mm. Mm. I, I have to look him up.
0: Write this down. Say his name for me again
7: David Brin, B R I N. I'll just type him into the. I think the I've
5: f- heard of, of, of him notes. before, but I don't think I've read any of his stuff. It Except sounds vaguely familiar, anyway. That spellcheck changed it to bring. Thank you very much, spellcheck. <laughs> of course.
6: Okay, I have a broader question about you about your particular writings, if you don't mind. I also read the Arithmancer, and I I've enjoyed uh, some of your little um, one shots and such. What made you think you, you have a, a sh- what I would call a short shot? It's a little six chapter fic, uh, A Little Child Shall Lead Them, where Hermione goes back into her toddler body. What made you yeah. think of that particular story? And because it was kind of delightful, I must say, I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. And I just wonder what what was what was in your going, going on in your head there.
7: This was a while ago, so I don't remember exactly. But it's just that there are a lot of time travel stories on this site.
6: Yes, yes, there are. And,
7: uh, I had read a few of them. Some of them are good. Most of them are derivative Got and awful. not so good. <laughs> To to put it politely, that was very polite of you. (laughs) But you you don't, you occasionally see characters, you know, bodily transported back to the 1970s. Uh, And you often see people sending their memories back to first year. But I realized that you, you don't really see the combination. You see it occasionally uh memory sent back to the an in their infant or toddler bodies uh but in my opinion it was never it, it's never really done well because they try to make it too similar to canon right so yeah. i i just I just took the premise and ran with it the direction it would realistically go. I'm gonna have to go read that
6: one it's cute yeah. it's really cute. <laughs>
5: It's always hard to figure out time travel things because either you end up doing the stations of canon and pretty much everything happens until you finally get to the point where you decide, oh, we're going to change things now, or you have to basically throw out that that advantage that fantasy fiction gives you of having an established thing already and now you have to make everything up because Ripple Effect does lots of things.
7: Yeah. yeah but, but it it's not that different from doing an AU fic. Mhm, that's true. Very true.
6: Yeah. That's very interesting. Have you read um probably the the most uh prominent of the the Sending Your Memories Back would be uh, nightmares of futures past?
7: Yeah, so that that's on my favorites list.
6: Okay, good, good. Uh that's just I was I was curious about that one. That's yeah, that's
7: I, sus- I suspected perhaps. <laughs> so that, that that's kind of the standard.
0: Yes,
6: absolutely. I, I I agree with that. That's the the standard by which almost all trap time travel fixes are judged. Absolutely.
0: So when we interviewed him, and I say we loosely because I was not involved at that point, he had a really interesting story about a fan. He had he was <laughs> oh in my a. God.
6: I remember the story. <laughs>
0: he he was in a chat or something and he often mentioned, I believe it was like a Chinese food or, or some restaurant that he liked. And the fan actually showed up at his door. And I don't know how he found out where he lived, but showed up at his door with food from this restaurant and pretty much freaked him out. Have you ever had any kind of fan interactions that are weird like that?
7: So so what was the story
0: again? So he had a fan of his story show up at his home <laughs> with food from a local restaurant that he had told the fans that he liked. And pretty much scared him half to death. Because he was not expecting that. And he didn't know what to do with it. Um, I'm sure they didn't eat it. But yeah, he, he told this great story. It's It's pretty funny to listen to about, you know, this person just showing up out of the blue and knocking on his front door and yeah. It it was weird. So I was just curious if you've had interesting fan interactions.
7: Uh, no, I, I've I've never met a fan in person who I I whom I wasn't well I, I never Already met a fan knew. in person who, who I didn't tell I was a writer. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm -hmm. so the weirdest fan interaction is probably happening right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we had uh, uh, Melinda who I was talking to you about earlier before we started recording was actually in like Target or something one day and overheard people talking about her story and we said well did you go tell them you wrote it and she said no I went the other way because I didn't know what to do So every once in a while, it kind of happens where you run into somebody. I actually, I don't think I've told anybody else this, but I was at a children's fair this weekend and I had my Hufflepuff robes and the sorting hat on. And this lady came up to me and she said, I love your hat. I love Harry Potter. I'm going to have a Harry Potter birthday party when I turn 35. And she just went on and on. And so we talked for a little bit and, and I said, do you like fan fiction? And she said, yes. So I gave her the name Potter weekly and she looked at it and she said, Oh, I know this podcast. And I was like, Wow, this is the first time I've ever met somebody. that, And I said, hi, I'm Sue. And she went, oh, and left. And I was like, okay, that was weird. I expected (laughs) something. You know, I didn't expect, oh, my God, it's Sue. But at least uh, I listened to you. I've heard your voice. Nothing. It was really weird. And I didn't quite know what to do with it. So... (laughs) it was
5: you never know maybe she was going oh my god it's sue on the inside and it's like i have nothing to say anymore uh,
0: i don't know it was just really weird cuz yeah uh. i've never actually run across somebody that i haven't actually told about the podcast and knew i was already on it that had ever listened to it before and and she's like oh yeah i know this podcast and i'm like okay so yeah it was it was awkward
3: mm. Mm.
0: So how about questions for us or
5: rebuttals for us? Was there anything you said that <laughs> we're like, you just don't get it? What are you talking about, people?
0: When you wanted to throw things at your computer because you were listening to us yammer on about something.
7: <laughs> uh, that was mostly when you went way off course. Yeah, we're good at that. I'm sorry.
5: We have a sound uh, uh, clip about that, because it happens so (laughs) much.
7: Yes. I I think the biggest thing was in the last podcast where you talk about Harry uh, seeming too mature, Mm -hmm. where an 11-year-old wouldn't realistically uh, recognize he's being manipulated like that. And I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. My defense is that he has this feline intuition. Oh, good. Yeah, I can see that. And so he, mm-hmm. he can kind of tell when things aren't the way they're supposed to be. Now, I do admit I have very little experience with 11-year-olds, mm-hmm. so I'm probably going to not write them all that accurately.
0: But, yeah, I I think part of what we said in that, and I know it was a lot of what Trisha, because she actually lives with a 10- and 11-year-old, So she has a lot more experience than any of the rest of us, but she did kind of, you know, I think she kind of came around to it a little bit too. And we did talk about how we all have different perspectives in different ways. And we thought that, you know, he's written mature in a lot of places in a lot of ways. So it wasn't, you know definitely wasn't something that like threw us out of the story or anything like that, but no, yeah she was she did comment on that, so and
6: there's I, a general tendency i think in to write Harry older than he is, I think across the fandom and honestly in in the canon itself, I think that uh, i don't I don't think he doesn't seem never seems like quite like an average uh child in any way and that's you know i think that's part of the point I, I i personally don't have any particular problem if you if you write them slightly above age or
3: mm-hmm. you know
6: you know i'm used to of course i'm also uh i came uh alex the same place uh, i've been through some of the same places one of my favorites is methods of rationality just hands down it's just it's just amazing harry is at no times very few times in that in that uh, fic written anything like an eleven year old. <laughs> very and, true. <laughs> very and, true. Yeah, um, but and it's I, I like I like yeah. your your explanation there. The the cat cat mm-hmm. intuition that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and no no evil dark side. That's that's good.
5: Yeah, in, in a lot of fan fiction, um, because Harry is our point of view yeah. character, unless they change that with some. Uh, authors do but he sort of tends to become a vehicle for the author to tell you the weird things that happened in canon or say the snarky things to draco that they wish harry would have said or you know whatever else that might be and it's coming from someone who's you know that probably the youngest like 14 or 15 and very often in their 20s or 30s, trying to write someone who's supposed to be 12. And I have no real idea what 12 year olds act like because I don't really <laughs> remember being 12 and I'm not around 12 year olds. So, you know, it's sometimes hard to carry that through um, in a particularly, you know, naturalistic, like real world way. But it works for fan fiction because we're all. Reading it from fairly similar points of view or perspectives, we know what's uh, happening with the story and things like that.
3: Mm-hmm. And
5: yeah, in this case, I I like the um, the feline intuition thing, but it, even so, it didn't really bother me all that much anyway. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
7: I did have another point. Okay, so this was in the third uh, episode, uh, chapter seventeen, and you're talking about. How, in uh, this story, muggle-borns have magical ancestry somewhere a few mm-hmm. generations back, and uh, you—I uh, don't remember exactly what you said. You kind of disagreed with that. Um, or you preferred to just have it be kind of uh, random. Um, yeah, the,
5: it, I think the argument was it—it it gives people like Hermione a little bit more merit if they are truly just original and special in their own right. And it's not because, you know, their great, great grandparents were actually already wizards.
7: Right. Um, but I point out in year two, when they're dealing with the of Slytherin stuff, if you go back seven or 800 years, everyone in Europe is related to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And statistically, you know, if he had one or two squib descendants, Salazar Slytherin is probably the ancestor of every Muggle in Europe.
5: Yeah, <laughs> which is you know, kind of interesting.
7: So basically, all Muggles have some magical ancestry if you go back a few centuries, and once in a while, it, it the magic randomly reasserts itself.
5: Mm-hmm. And by the same token all wizards have some muggle ancestry, which a lot of the purebloods are not too happy with acknowledging. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Mm-hmm. I've seen some interesting uh, takes on that in other fics as well, where, you know, like there's seven different heirs of Gryffindor because it was a thousand years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not like there's one family line that for some reason magically has all the magic power. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, all the different things. It's it's fun to kind of think about things like that because it's not something you always do think about. But once you do, it's like, well, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. So, thank you. Do you have
5: mm.
7: more? Uh, those were the main things. The main things. Cool.
5: I think we've mostly run through our major questions as well. I probably should have tried to come up with a few more myself. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have to ask you how to pronounce any names because you actually have a reasonable username that we can pronounce.
6: (laughs) 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 Why white squirrel? Um, Yeah. There's a question. Because the other
7: colors were taken.
6: Um, Hmm. Okay. Okay. do so you I, enjoy squirrels particularly?
7: Uh, kind of. I, I had an idea. It, it's a long story, but I had an idea uh, a, a few years ago for for uh, a novel where squirrels are intelligent and interact with humans. They've got all these little squirrel kingdoms that <laughs> have to interact with local human governments through diplomats, and it, 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 it's. It's complicated, but uh, that got me paying attention to squirrels. (laughs) Okay. So we need to introduce you to Bob the Squirrel King on the forum.
5: Yes. That's Uh, what I'm getting from this conversation. We need to to link you two up. Get your armies working together.
7: Yes. But but I I tried black squirrel. I tried red squirrel. I tried gray squirrel. Those were all taken. Um, Eventually, I found white squirrel was available.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, white squirrels are neat to look at, so that's... Although, uh, this ground squirrels are destroying my garden at the moment, so I'm not very happy with them.
5: No, that's too bad.
0: And and my hunting cat is no longer with us, and the little one's not quite big enough to go after squirrels yet, so...
5: Yeah, I suppose she would be kind of... Uh, she'd probably be eager to try, but...
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are have... you
5: letting her outside again? The I, last I remember, she was quite peeved with you for keeping her indoors all the time
0: well because she uh yeah we just had her spayed so she had to be in for a couple of days and she just had it but yes she is out and we've been trapping mice because we have mice in the house so she's been getting mice to play with we're trying to teach her that they're good and she wants to go after them so we'll see what happens She really likes Mm -hmm. the hummingbirds. We're trying to teach her those are not okay.
5: (laughs) But they're so interesting and shiny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She makes the coolest sounds I've ever heard when she sees the hummingbirds. (laughs) But
3: Hmm. not
0: She She's a talker of any of the cats that I've had. She, She really likes to talk. The dog's a talker and now the cat's a talker. I think the dog taught the cat to talk. Hmm. they just, and groan and hiss, and yeah,
5: it's crazy. I was reading an interesting article the other day about um, Leslie Fish, who's mostly known as a filker. She writes uh, sci-fi folk music, basically. Um, But she also breeds her cats for intelligence, Hmm. because she happened to get a couple at one point that she noticed had particularly large skulls, and she was wondering if, you know, that might have any bearing on anything. And since then, she's kind of kept at it, and she's sort of deciphered about 10 to 20 words in feline language and what kind of things they mean and things like that.
0: Fun. That's very mm-hmm. interesting.
5: Apparently, it's it's all... Um, at least the stuff that she's figured out is very, um, straightforward. There isn't a lot of, like, uh, metaphor or symbolism kind of stuff, but there's, you know, this word uh, means this specific thing.
7: And, I, I wouldn't yeah. think there would be metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cat language. <laughs> but cats don't have again? much
5: use for that, but, uh, there's definitely, this is, um, Leslie Fish. What's her name? Yeah. And, um. I think it's just lesliefish.com, although it might be .net or something like that. Um, and yeah, she's discovered this is the sound they make when um, they're looking for certain things or whatever. Um, and wow, She has a couple stories that she's written up uh, specifically about um, uh, Murp the Magnificent, who is her, was her big tomcat. Who, and this was the sound he made whenever he made, came into a room, so they've decided that was his name he was announcing himself um, yeah,
3: um, <laughs> That's awesome.
5: he oh, was man. apparently quite the general among the cats and he organized a, a, a campaign against the the blue jays that were harassing them all at one year and <laughs> things like that so
7: excellent <laughs>
5: it's kind of fun
7: this sounds it, fun. is is she currently plotting world domination?
0: i don't know (laughs) no but merp
3: is
5: (laughs) i'm not sure if he's around anymore or not but yes it is lesliefish.com spelled with an ie and uh, yeah she has pages there's a page specifically about her cats and then there's various ones about the music and such interesting Mm, Yes, there's Murph the Magnificent and the Reinvention of the Lever, and Murph the Magnificent and the Great Blue Jay Massacre. Nice.
0: (laughs) Aw, poor Blue Jays.
5: (laughs) Well, they were being mean. (laughs) They (laughs) are that
6: (laughs) They can be that way. They are.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, and also Murph versus the Scotties. Who were apparently next door and liked to yap a lot, until he uh, taught them otherwise.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to go check these out too.
5: Yep, <laughs> I read them yesterday. The day before, it was rather fun. Once again, we're slightly off course.
6: Yeah, we do do that, but I think we're pretty much winding down. It's good. He, need, You know, Alex needed the full podcast experience, you know. <laughs> talk about, yes. we're here to talk about, and then we're just going to go off on a tangent for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, good times.
0: It's related. It's about cats.
6: That's right. The story's right.
0: about That's cat a- Cat <laughs> and Amagus. it It all connects
4: somehow. Yeah.
5: We usually don't have completely random tangents. Sometimes we do, but they're often somewhat connected.
6: (laughs) Tangentially. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
5: (laughs) That being what they are. Yeah. But Uh, we're very happy you wrote this story, and I am continuing to enjoy reading it, and I'm going to have to pick up the Arithmancer again as well, because I enjoyed that when I was first reading these, but I have been concentrating on anime just this last little while so Mm -hmm. and i see there's a sequel to it now
7: there's a sequel to the arithmancer
5: yes um i guess that's a question what made you decide to put all of the years all in one fic for this story and what made you decide to then split off a sequel for the other story
7: well, I'm actually going to do the same thing with The accidental anime. I I'm going to end it after fourth year and then write a sequel.
3: Okay. okay.
7: And that was just because the word count was getting pretty unwieldy. It, I find it intimidating if it gets to be three or four or five hundred thousand words.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: That starts to, to deter me from reading a fic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured... Well, I started out uh, keeping it as one because then I wouldn't have to start over with you know, favorites and reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I could get higher in the rankings. Right. But at, after a few hundred thousand words, it starts to get unwieldy, and I decide to s- split it off.
6: That makes sense. And are hit that first because it starts later in the timeline than than Axel and and Omega does. I I thought of one more question that I wanted to ask. It's now 2015 and, uh, I've, I, Sue and, and Scott and I've all been reading and, 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 and thinking about fan fiction for well before the seventh book came out, but it's now eight book, eight years since the seventh book out came out. And I'm, I'm, I just got. This is actually going to end up being more of an observation. than Anything else? But I'm still really excited that people are still writing fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I, there was there was a feeling right after that that maybe this was about to be done, and that that it was going to slack off, and it has. But there's still really good stuff being uh, written out there. Uh, we've talked. Uh, the methods of rationality is some of the best fan fiction I've ever read, and the both of these both of your two big novel length ones the rhythms and in excellent animagus are both excellent and i just want to say i'm 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 very happy to that 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 you and others are are still you know carrying along the 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 grand tradition of uh the um you know veridians and linda leos and such of the of fan fiction and and keeping the this 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 wonderful fandom going in a lot of ways yes
7: Oh, I I definitely appreciate the praise. I am also pleased uh, that there are other authors that are still writing very good stuff. Uh, you know, Sturgeon's Law is in play, but 10% is good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been
0: very fortunate because I came into fan fiction through kind of the podcast, and so I haven't read a lot of the really 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 bad ones because I get either things that have come through the podcast or things that have been recommended on the forum that somebody else has already really read
5: so So it's usually things that are at least really well written and often really good stories as well mm -hmm.
0: yeah so I, I haven't although you know there was Remus Tree and things
5: like that. <laughs> yeah, people bring up interesting, weird things <laughs> that they found, too, which are not always the most well-written. And sometimes we run into the infor- unfortunate ones, like you mentioned before, that have a really interesting premise, but they just haven't figured out how to write it, or it's not really well unpacked, yes.
7: mm-hmm. things like I that. Mean, I, I think I was uh, lucky that I had been writing original fiction for several years before I got into this fan fiction
3: mm-hmm.
7: because that's the only way uh, y- you uh, can write anything very well. That's to to practice for several hundred thousand words, at least to uh, figure out how to write properly. That's <laughs> true.
5: And the more you write, the better you're going to get.
3: Yeah. Um, and
7: and the, I, I told you a little about, the, the background, uh, so I started out reading from Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality to uh, a number of other fics, but there's a, a quote from the Dangerverse,
3: uh, <laughs> mm.
7: which is, uh, the story kicks at the inside of my head until I let it out. That sounds mm-hmm. like something Anne would say. Yeah. And that is why I started writing fan fiction, because I had read so much of it, I started getting my own ideas, and they kicked at the inside of my head until I let them out.
5: Yeah. And yeah. we're very glad you did.
7: Yes,
0: that is true. Indeed. And we'll have to have Scott pass on that you did that quote from Anne to Anne, because <laughs> I think mm-hmm. of the three we'll of us, you enjoy probably that. have... A little bit more access to her.
3: Hmm,
5: probably a little bit. I know I know her on Facebook anyway, so there's that.
6: Hip <laughs> <laughs> <If> you in. <laughs> yep.
0: We did cover Dangerverse and have had some interactions with Anne. And actually, Scott came to us on the Dangerverse bus, <laughs> as
5: we like to say. Yes. We came for the unsuccessful first voting in of Dangerverse and then stuck around until it actually worked. Mm-hmm. I stuck around longer. <laughs> yeah,
0: Because we made him head of house and he couldn't leave. <laughs> I
5: that, that wasn't quite bad. I think I might have been a prefect at that point or something.
6: Yeah, you can't leave when you're a prefect, too. you got to get those first years back to their you know, dormitories. when yeah. you, know, you never know
5: when there the might thing. be a troll in the <laughs> <That's> bathroom.
0: <right. laughs> oh, yeah
6: good times gonna have to
0: shake up the forum again and do something like that if we just had a few people there to play the games with us we'd be alright yeah I still sort somebody every once in a while I did a sorting just the other day so Mm -hmm. awesome I always
5: enjoy reading those they
0: come in Yeah.
5: and they mostly seem to enjoy them too not everyone actually responds to their sorting but many of them do
0: Mm -hmm. I have fun it's the only writing I get to do, so it makes me happy.
5: You could write more, you know. You could have a, a series of fics from Hat's perspective or something. I don't
6: know. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. We still have to kick Aaron about that Molly fic every now and then.
6: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I thought about <laughs> it several times, but I was not going to mention it till the end.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Defil's a very effective kicker, and, and I've also got Yes, uh periodically. So it, it's
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, we're I'm, a supportive it's, community.
6: Very supportive. Very supportive. <laughs>
3: right, right, right,
0: right, right. <laughs> yes, as you can tell Aaron's writing a thick about Molly. <laughs> okay, it's also
6: a time right. travel it's a time travel story.
0: I, I believe Bond from right? a plot bunny that we came up with on a podcast.
6: It is actually yeah. See,
0: we we inspire people on occasion.
5: What, what's your screen name, address, Aaron? Um, plot holes.
6: Uh, I. Why is
5: am... someone acting weird? Because they're a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole uh, Titanic theory too. Yeah.
6: On my on the forum, I'm Kronk. Am I Kronk? Just Kronk? I think. Just Kronk. Yeah. yeah.
5: I finally yeah. watched the movie that comes from a few months ago, so.
6: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's from the Emperor's New Groove. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. Well, uh, what do you write under Aaron? Uh, I don't do I have, let me, I'm not sure that I have a fanfiction.net account. Let me check that real quick. <laughs> uh, it's almost certainly Kronk. I do intend to finish it someday. I really I really do. It's in there. It's just got to get past to certain
7: places. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand. I I did not start posting until I wrote a few chapters and knew I could keep the pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now my life has grown much busier, and I'm going at a slower pace, but I'm still going.
5: And it's still a fairly impressive pace for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Who are oh, yeah. It's better
7: than most authors.
5: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting contrast I've noticed with um, authors that we've interviewed or I've talked to is some people like to post as they're going and find that the feedback gives them encouragement and so on and helps them keep it up. And some people like to finish the story and then start posting it so they don't worry about um, running out of steam or some people just do a giant buffer like there's um, one author that I read on a site called Twisting the Hellmouth uh, Diane Castle writes about 30 or 40 chapters ahead of what she's posting mm-hmm. something like that that's so, smart Yeah,
7: I, I tried to write um, maybe 3 or 4 chapters ahead uh, that, that is not the case right now but uh, yeah. if I ever get back to a faster pace I will
5: Sometimes it works.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: That's what the buffer is for, is when you can't manage to keep writing up. it there to give you something to keep on with. So.
0: Yeah. The one that Melinda's releasing right now, I think she's about five chapters ahead. And she I think she has only got about three more chapters left to write in it, and she'll be done.
6: Is that her post uh, post canon one?
0: Yes,
5: awesome. Mm-hmm. I have to pick that one up again too. I think I read the first three chapters or so. It's a lot of fun as well.
0: All right. Well, I would say that we're pretty wound down and very off topic, so we should probably <laughs> call it a night. I know Aaron has somewhere he has to be early in the morning, and yeah, I do. I'm to sorry that time. So, Alex, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us and for not throwing too many things our way yeah, of our, uh, our, yeah, and
5: uh, thank you for your patience to getting to this point. Yes. Um, when we mm-hmm. said we were going to podcast on your fake,
7: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to be on the show.
0: Usually I don't tell authors that we're doing anything until we start releasing. And that mm-hmm. way, the weight is not so bad, but because I wanted to make sure that you were going to finish first year I contacted you early so and I'm glad we did Mm because it was a really good story and a lot of fun to cover so we do appreciate that you took the time to meet with us and that you uh, took the time to actually write the story (laughs) because I know that's a big big chunk uh You know, my little sorting hat stories are nothing compared. And that takes me a bit of time. So I know that that there's a lot of work that goes into writing a story this long and this involved. So thank you for that. And we hope that you mostly enjoyed us talking about your story.
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm. We had a good time. We usually
0: do. So uh, I guess that's... About it. Thank you again. And I guess that means it's good night.
5: Wrapping up this mini episode of Autorfic Weekly or secondary episode if we're attaching it on the end. Um, mm-hmm. In which case, good night again.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's Yet true. another good night, everyone. <laughs> good, good
5: afternoon, night. good evening, and good night, as they say All in right. The Truman Show.
0: As Jen says, bye. <laughs>
5: Oh, hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives.
7: Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.